Hello, hello! On today's show, I'm going to talk about The Blue Beetle. Mike wants to share with us one of the funnest books he's read all year. And Pat asks the question, is this really the next level of action figures? Welcome to your favorite live streaming what nodding podcast, comics and collectibles in the crawl space. I, of course, am your fourth or fifth favorite podcasting host, Kevin, and I am joined by all the regulars. I think we're setting a record for consecutive shows with everyone here. First up, the shark, gorilla, and Western comic lover, Mike. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Hey, good morning. I like that intro. <laughs> and then, of course, our resident collectibles guru, as much as all other geek things, Pat. That's me. Hello, everyone. And then last but not least, our awesome behind-the-scenes magician, Karen. <laughs> Oh, nice. Do you guys love when I overact the teaser a little bit? Wasn't that good? No, I love it. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. All right. Um, well, let me get me uh, everybody equal size here. Sorry about it. Okay. So, so you, did you guys notice the title before, while we were doing the uh, pregame at all? No. That I went and saw Blue Beetle? Um, I didn't yeah, I didn't notice that, but I did notice when you said uh, you're going to talk about Blue Beetle. I was like, oh, man, I was going to see if you wanted to go see it Tuesday with uh, Mark and I are going to go see it. <laughs> what the heck? Who just put something up? That isn't me. I'm not doing yeah, that. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, oh, oh, this is you. Okay, it. It's not coming up for some reason. What was it? It's for the cover combat, the share my screen. I usually have it up before the show starts. And as you started, I was like, all right, we're ready. I'm not ready. How did I forget? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. I already saw the Blue Beetle. Me and Lexi went and saw it yesterday. So I wanted to talk about it. But you're going to see it Tuesday. Daggum. I have yeah, to watch Tuesdays, $7 at the Alamo. Yeah, it's my... Uh, I'm going to have to give a spoiler-free review for you then because I don't want you to exit. Um, but anyway, I can't wait to talk about that, of course. Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, and did you see it this weekend, Pat? No. No. Okay. Are you going to see it? It's not really on my radar. Gotcha. All right. But what everyone is here for, I'm sure, especially at the beginning, is the next round of cover combat. And now are you ready, Mike? Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. Here we go.
sweet. Perfect. You are ready. Nice. Muted, Mike. You're muted, Mike. There you go. Wait. No, you're muted again. <laughs> you having technical difficulties, Mike? Hello? Am I muted now? No, you're, you're good. good. Okay. Because when I flipped over to the screen, I wasn't muted. So I clicked it. I don't know why I clicked it. I wasn't muted. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I'm, I think I'm ready now. <laughs> so the so we are down. Yeah, we are down. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we're down to the gritty nitty here. <laughs> the gritty nitty. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six matchups. Twelve covers left after today. We're down to six covers. Can you believe it? It goes fast. It goes fast. It seems like every time we do it more, it goes quicker and quicker. Yeah. Not not the episodes themselves, but the weeks go by to get to them. <laughs> yeah. I had a new idea last night for uh, 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 one of the themes we can put on the wheel is everybody submits, you know, their uh, was it eight covers. And then I put all those covers into one big pool and then would just randomly draw names or, co you know, assign covers to everybody. So you may not get any of the covers that you submitted you may get eight covers of other people's submissions mm, that is interesting yeah i love a new idea though i'm down I'm, I'm 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 totally cooperative with new ideas well so we can definitely discuss that one and i'm glad you mentioned that because i don't think we mentioned yet that uh we had the new idea a couple weeks ago about having the viewer submission uh covers on the wheel as well where we won't even be involved in the submission at all we'll just be looking at them and voting on them but we'll get viewers to submit the covers they think uh should should be in here which i think is pretty interesting right yeah i like that a lot yeah yep. so if you're watching this and you want to be uh involved in the viewer submission for cover combat you know message us uh and any of the multitude of ways that you can message us uh, if no one messages me that they want to be involved, when the time comes, I will be sending out messages asking people. And it seems like that's the way to go anyway. You know, how many how many months and shows did we ask for subs right here every week and nothing much has happened? Nothing much happened for a long time. And then I send out a bunch of personal messages. Hey, can you sub? Can you sub? Can you sub? And start to take take uh, take flight a little bit there. So. Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't know what, you know, they've slowed down because I intentionally slowed down because I'm not ready for the Scruffles gold <laughs> giveaway too yet. So I started to chill a little bit on that because it was becoming way too effective. <laughs> yeah. If that's actually a thing. So anyway, right. All, right. all right, that's a good idea to me, Mike. So yeah, we'll work on it. Okay. Um, right. So let, yeah, let's, uh, let's get to our first matchup. Because this is this is the one everybody's been waiting for. Oh man, yes. So we've got Uncanny X Men two twenty two from Mark Silvestri versus Uncanny X Men one thirty six from John Byrne. Um, sixty one percent of the vote went to the winner. I should have brought a stiff drink for this one. Stiff <laughs> drink, everybody. Yeah, we all need stiff drinks for this whole entire round three. Let's just pretend here for one second, Mike, that uh, 
you're the decider here because we know which one of these I voted for. We know which one of these Pat voted for. What was your ultimate decision on this, Mike? I have to I have to look because I can't remember. It was so uh, tough for you. That's good. Up. That's good. <laughs> um, one thirty-six. Daggummit. Here you are throwing this book across the living room again. That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. All right. So you ready? No, yes. No. 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 Yes. Okay. Fine. All right. We'll wait one more minute. Because <laughs> you weren't ready. I knew you weren't going to be ready. My heart literally did just skip a beat. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Where were we? Darn it. Sorry. Yep. Uncanny X Men 136 defeats Kevin's all time favorite 222. That's fine. I mean, obviously, this is a great cover. It I'm is. Just, I'm just sad now, but I'll, I'll survive. I always do. Well, I shouldn't say always, but, you know, any, any day now, but I'm good for now. Yeah. <sighs> it's a great cover. It's a great cover. And I'm happy for my friend Pat that he doesn't have to deal with the agony of seeing Uncanny X Men 222 anymore. Apparently, yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> All right. All right. Next matchup, we have Phantom Stranger number ten from Neil Adams versus Zatanna Everyday Magic from Brian Bolland. Uh. Here again, sixty-one uh, percent went to the winner. Wow, got it. is that a new trend this week? All sixty-ones? That a fifty-six? Um, what? Well, let, let me get to it here. One, two, three. Yeah, three. So half got it. Yeah, gotcha. Half. I'm really indifferent on this one. They're both equally awesome to me. Mm -hmm. So. Like, I literally can't even, I'm like you, we're just in the first one, uh, Mike. I can't remember which one of these two I voted for because I like them both so much and equally. Right. Which one did you ultimately decide with, uh, Pat? Uh, I went with Satana, although I, I, I will say this was this was my toughest decision of the week. Yeah, yeah. What'd you go for, Mike? Um, I did Phantom Stranger on this one. And like Pat said, this one this one's a hard one for me. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's see if an old school survives. All right. See who was right. No. Oh. We've got Satana. Everyday magic. Moving on. The audience is indifferent about this one. Yep. Karen's putting her hand up like. All right, the audience liked it. Yeah, that's good for me too. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I will say that I would have liked to because I think was that our last kind of real old school book left? Um, no. Oh, there's one more. Okay, cool. Okay. There's there's actually two more. Oh wow, okay. Memory. Here, here. The next matchup is is one of them where we oh, got yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> our fighting forces one twenty. Um, or as everyone refers to it, Hellcats from Joe Kubert. Versus X Men number one from Jim Lee. Uh, fifty six percent of the vote went to the winner. Hmm. So now it's now it's Pat's turn. 
because we un- we all know who I voted for on this one. We all know who Mike voted for on this one. Pat, what did you ultimately decide in this one? I went with X Men. Oh, I like that. What do we got? I, yeah, I had someone tell me that the X Men looked too crowded. And then it's a non-comic book person. Then uh, actually, it's my mother-in-law. And then I said, "Well, actually, that's just one portion <laughs> of a larger picture." So right. that was oh. the way she described that. I was like, that's, "That's perfect." I'm looking at an incomplete picture here. That's why I don't like it. I have to get you. Don't you move to not liking it? Dad gum. No. <laughs> I have to get I this like in before it. I forget. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chelsea for weeks has been common commenting that she hates how Lieutenant is spelled, spelled on the Hellcats cover. And it just drives her nuts. So I had to get that in this mm. week. Really? Okay. That's that's the abbreviation for Lieutenant, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. no. In, in the, in the, cat, in the uh, bubble. In the bubble. Oh. Oh. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Dang. I, yeah, I explained it to her. I said, I think, I, I from what I... I think that's what they call I dialect. You know, it's yeah. It, it, they're they're spelling it to get a certain pronunciation from the person speaking. You know, so he's sort of people like, read it phonetically instead of yeah. Reading yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I it always drove me nuts on Claremont's X Men. I couldn't stand how he would you know write Rogue with the Southern drawl and you know how it, it just to drive me nuts. I don't I don't care for it. I just. Mm-hmm. Use, use normal spelling and I can come up with my own voices in my head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm with Chelsea, though. That's annoying. I'm just going to agree with her. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was what finally made, came down to her final you know, tipping point of which one she voted for here because she doesn't like either one of these, she told me. So, no, Chelsea. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I uh, actually told Emily because she was looking at him. She's her reaction. I was like, you know, you're a lot like Patrick's wife, Chelsea. She didn't like a lot of these either. <laughs> it's funny. Wow. Well, I definitely love the Hellcats too. Mm-hmm. It's just obviously the, yeah. the X Men means. Yeah, I do like I like the Hellcats one as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's see if. Uh, if uh, we're going to ruin Chelsea's day and move on the lieutenant. <laughs> so here we go with, uh, what did I say? 56%. Nine. Jim Lee's X-Men number one. Still winning. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Been winning since, when does it come out? 92? Yeah. <laughs> Deservedly so, and I'm not over it yet. So, <laughs> well, when you said you had a long box of these, I'm like, I want to see that long box because I want, I want some of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, X Men Legends number one from Art Adams versus Obi Wan and Anakin number one from Marco Cicchetto. Sixty-one uh, percent to the winner here. This one was really tough for me. I love both of these for different reasons, but there's a lot of reasons yeah. for me to love both of them. Yeah. On a lot of these, I, I I don't even remember what I, okay. I couldn't even remember which ones I voted for because I like them all, you know, it's a. Yeah. 
Where are you on this one, Pat? You're you're X Men, right? Yeah, I mean, you'll hear me praise Marco Tichetta coming up in the show in a in a bit here, but this this cover is not one of my favorites of his. So went with Art Adams. Gotcha, <laughs> Mike. I went with the uh, Marco Tichetta, and it's I mean I love Art Adams, but I think it's just I'm so that cover's been you know the homage of that cover so much that kind of just wears on you a little bit well it's so different though that's what makes this one great it's it's obviously an homage but it's so many differences in my opinion in my opinion that's what makes it so great yeah yeah i was thinking uh, you know that's that's could that's a possibility for cover combat we could do all homage covers but mike would hate it i think from what i'm (laughs) gathering these last couple weeks (laughs) that's true (laughs) It's all right if 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 I if they're you know if they're going up against other tired covers then I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on the list, Mike. Make sure you write that down because I like both right. of your ideas. Yeah, we got three okay. new ideas for the ideas for the cover combat wheel. That's awesome. All right, let me uh, reveal the winner here when you guys hold can. On, hold on a second. Johnny in the background right now, I heard him say, oh, my God, can you guys stop acting, ask, adding things to the wheel? Because he just wants to get back to the decades so we can pull out his favorite decade. That's what he's I saying. I do love decades. There's yeah. nothing saying that we can't, like, for the audience, we can, if, if it's the fan submissions or say look you have to pick this decade well then yeah it takes away from johnny picking from that decade which is what he wants to do Again. right exactly and then also too i think i think it'll be even more fun to not limit aside from i think we decided uh if you're a viewer submitter you can't pick an old cover combat champ but other than that no holds barred i thought yeah well i think what should be fun for the viewers so anyway right yeah. all right what we got here sorry sorry Let's get to it here with uh, 61% of the vote goes to. It's a good day for the X-Men. Yeah. X-Men Legends number one. Nice. That's the only annoying part about this book. Every time you say what the title is, that's when it's annoying. (laughs) Everything else is perfect for me. And All think right. about how cool it would have been too, or it could have been, uh, if the X Men was the same. They just it doesn't say the uncanny at the top; it just said Legends in white underneath. That'd be like so yeah. perfect. Yeah. Right. They could have done that. Yeah. But as we point out at, at Baltimore Comic Con, as we point out all the time, you know what um, I'm going to do? I'm going to take this book to the Baltimore Comic Con to have our remarket just saying <laughs> Legends underneath. Right. Wouldn't that be awesome? It'd be expensive. Yeah. But... <laughs> a two hundred dollar touch up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So yeah. We don't have to remark it. You can just say, "Look, can you just write it?" Yeah. <laughs> Signature cost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point, Mike. I'm gonna try to sell that to him when I talk to him. <laughs> All right. This isn't a remark cost. This is just an autograph cost. (laughs) Exactly. Um, We've got uh, Astro City 41 by Alex Ross versus Obi-Wan number one from Ken Lashley. Uh, 56% of the vote 
A lot of close ones. Pat, what say you on this one? You won Astro City, right? Yeah, that's uh now that I'm looking at it, it's kind of a matchup of the wrinkly clothing, but I can't stand Obi-Wan's <laughs> robes on that cover for some reason. They're just too clingy. <laughs> Mike, I surprised you with my vote on this one, didn't I? That it cling. Um like I said, I forget. I am I'm, I'm guessing uh Yeah, I won Astro City as well. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Is that you where surprise. you went? Yeah, I went Astro City as well. Surprise this one's so close then. Wow, there's that's just three of us. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole army of voters out there that may yeah. have thought otherwise. Would you say, Pat, it's the Star Wars factor? Yeah, Star Wars factor. Yeah. Yep. That does come into play. My wife, she's like, oh, look, it's Star Wars. <laughs> and after, after she votes, I'm like, well, you got a couple of them, right? The rest are all wrong. <laughs> all right. So let's see if the three of us are right or if everybody else is. I'm not saying we're the only three that voted for Astro City. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Here we go. The winner with uh, 56% of the vote. Oh! <laughs> The studio audience uh, wanted Obi Wan. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Astro City Forty One. It's moving on. Nice. nice. That one, and now here we go with our last matchup for round three. Ooh. Oh man, this sucks now. I hate this matchup now. So this is the last old school one. We've and got the Mandalorian. Last um. Yeah. Yep. So we've got Mandalorian number two, The Last Star Wars versus Superman, uh, uh, Care Andrews versus Superman 216 from Joe Kubert. Yeah, so The Last Star Wars and The Last Old School Book going up against each other. That sucks. Marvel Combat 5. Um, once again, 56% of the vote went to the winner. All right, yeah, this is. I, I mean, this one was an easy vote for me. All, I mean, I love the Superman though, but yeah, I love that Mando cover too. What way did you land, Pat? Uh, I landed the other way. I, that Mando cover is just too muddy for me. Yeah. So I went for the Superman. So Mike. Yeah, I went Superman too. I. Uh, we've we've I've I've voiced my grievances with that Mando cover. Yeah, I know. Everybody seems to have the same grievance, I think, right? Mark doesn't. He looked at it last night, and he's like, man, I love this cover so much. And he loves he's a, he loves a Superman, too. But, uh, yeah, he just couldn't stop looking at that Mando cover. Yeah, I'm on the same page with Mark. Yeah, I've, I've actually grown to like this Mando book more as it's moved along in cover combat. And, actually, I can say the same thing for the Superman, too. But it's just been... I started a little bit higher with the Star Wars, and as they both have moved up, it's just been consistent. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway, yeah. Yep. All right. So let's see if uh, Kevin and Mark are correct, or if uh, Pat and I are correct. Fifty-six percent of the vote goes to. Oh. <laughs> Mandalorian number two. Representing Star Wars, the only one. Nice. Star Wars is still in the game. Yep. Old school's. Yeah, so we've got three X Men books 
one Star Wars and two Vertigo books. Everyone That's else crazy. That's crazy. Yep. Who would have thought Vertigo? You know? Yep. It's cool though. Whoever did whoever has Vertigo, great job. Might be patting myself on the back. You never know. Thank you. I mean, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready for the matchups? No, these that's what I was getting ready to say. These matchups are really gonna suck. You're gonna hate all three. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hate right. love. Love hate. It's a love hate kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right, here we go. First matchup. Mandalorian 2 versus X-Men Legends number one. Yep. 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 That's tough. I don't have no idea. No idea which way I'm gonna land on this one. Pat, I guess this is easy for you, right? Easy for me. Yep. Go on, Mike, easy for you too, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, easy for me. Yeah, it's tough for me. All, All right, people, right. get your votes in for the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Next matchup. <laughs> we have Zatanna versus Uncanny X-Men 136. Was that a sigh of disgust for this one, Pat? Uh, yeah, I don't know what, what's going to happen here. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I shouldn't say it. I'm not even going to try to <laughs> lie on that one. This, this one's easy for me, too. I'm I'm uh, happy I got an easy one here. Love you, Zatanna, but uh, I love X-Men more. <laughs> Mike, is this tough for you or easy? Uh, this is a tough one, but I already voted. I'm the first one. I vote as soon as I write down. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I as soon as I write were... down the matchups, when I'm when it's all filled in, then I vote. That way, I'm I'm done, and nothing influences me later yeah. on. That is a good way to do it. Nice. I like that. Yep. It's like a, you know, if I pick one and it's losing, you know, then I'm like, I don't want to pick a loser. <laughs> pick a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that integrity, Mike. Nice, awesome integrity. I try. All right, and the final matchup, if you can, uh, you know, some deductive reasoning here. We've got X-Men number one from Jim Lee versus Astro City 41, Alex Ross. Yep, another easy one for me. I'm, 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 and I'm definitely a Jim, more of a Jim Lee fan anyway than uh, Alex Ross. Although, yeah, I, they, I might be kind of equal. I don't know. <laughs> Pat, where are you in this? Uh, I think I know which way I'm going, but I'm not, not sure. Gotcha. And uh, there's already a vote in the books for Astro City because Mike apparently has moved into the. He doesn't <laughs> even like this X Men. Uh, maybe where he changes it all up and he, like, I'm back on board. That's true. I appreciate that reminder. Every time you say that, Pat, you're right. You're right. You could switch it. You know, you, you talked me into it. It is a pretty good cover. You know, <laughs> a billion copies. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So that is go. going to be the uh, semifinals. Yep. <clears throat> oh yeah, I didn't put semifinals on there. That's okay. I mean, you know. Yeah, it works. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. 
But good stuff. Yeah. So then we'll probably, this is going to actually probably work out perfectly, I think. Then we'll probably be taking a break after the semifinals. That's kind of typically around our, you know, we talk about having the one break week a month, you know, take a break or so, you know, we take a break right after the semifinals. I think that'd be pretty perfect. That's not 100% yet. We'll let you all know. But, uh, yeah, get your votes in for the semifinals. Michael, have them ready to be voted on before the end of the show today, right, Mike? What? Oh, today? Oh, you do the... oh, usually talk about how you have them up. I, I'm, I wasn't trying to be pushy. I'm sorry, Mike. I want to watch the show. <laughs> no. Yeah, it'll be a little bit later today. Am I remembering that incorrectly? I thought a bunch of times you said I was putting them up during the show. Didn't he say that, Pat? Is it, am I completely wrong? Uh, I think he has. I, I have. Yeah, I think once or twice I have. Um, but we'll see. I thought this would be one of those circumstances where it would be easy because there's so few. But I'm not, I, I don't do your job, so I'm not going <laughs> to assume how long anything takes. Because I can't even calculate how long the stuff I do for the show is going to take. Sometimes I'm like, I'll get this knocked out in 10 minutes. Two hours later, I'm like, geez, I'm not done yet. Yeah. So, and it changes all the time, you know, from the plaintiff's region. So, anyway. But awesome, though. Great stuff. Get your votes in as soon as it's up, whenever that is. Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys ready to uh, hear what I have to say about the latest, greatest superhero movie? Yeah. Yep. Sure do. All right. Awesome. The internet gods are on my side today because preview previews are still next up, and I uh, and I managed to skip that and go to the proper one. We're rolling today. I probably just... <laughs> Thank you, studio audience. I'm assuming that was to appreciate how I didn't screw things up. That's awesome. All right. Um, again, let's get into this slowly. We'll, we'll save uh, Blue Beetle for the end. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is this uh, gem I found. Uh, the Warriors Gate. Uh, this was on Max. Not to be confused with HBO Max. For some ungodly reason, I don't even know why. Mike, did you know that? That HBO kind of took its own name out of Max. Not, well, it was just HBO, and then they were HBO Max, and now it's just Max. Did you know that, Mike? No, I have. So HBO doesn't exist anymore? Not in the app, at least. Right. Okay. The, the so app it's still is the same the channel. Map. They just changed their name. Yeah. Like okay. crazy. Yeah, yeah, I don't get that change at all. You, you, I think HBO has sort of like a, you know, sort of like a quality to it. You know, you think HBO, you mm -hmm. think, you know, and, and Cinemax, Cinemax was always the second tier sort of. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. You always thought of Max as the... It was kind of the with what they used to put on Cinemax. It was kind of the butt of the joke for a while. You know, you're watching Cinemax. You're either watching garbage or adult stuff. You know, right? It's like yeah, HBO. I mean, yeah. So it's crazy. It was, anyway. 
Yeah, it's like the VH1 of music videos, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. So go figure. But anyway, um, the Warriors Gate, first thing I wanted to say is do not confuse it with uh, Enter the Warriors Gate. Actually, you can confuse them because they're the same exact movie. Another thing that's goofy besides for HBO changing their name to just Max, um, I have no idea why this is called the Warriors Gate because if you look anywhere, including in the movie, it's called Enter the Warriors Gate. Like literally the title of the movie when you're watching the movie, it calls itself Enters the Warriors Gate. Enter the Warriors Gate. But for some ungodly reason, I have no idea why, Max has it as the Warriors Gate. And depending on what you're looking at and where you're looking at it uh, on Google, <laughs> it'll give you a mix of both. It's so, these kind of things just, uh, you know, I don't know whether it's annoying when I'm not even talking about a movie yet about these little things that are so weird, right? They're just goofy. Why? Why? Why, Pat? Can we talk about this at all? I, I can't remember if we did. I, I think a lot of this is due to, you know, all these streaming services. They need to get you know content they need to they need more content they're they're looking everywhere for it and they're okay. looking you know they're looking to all these overseas markets and with it i think comes these name changes they you know they americanize it think you know this will market better to an american audience with this name change or who who knows what but uh, uh okay i think that's what a lot of this step comes down to when we see these weird retitles and you know, weird foreign films. They're getting a second chance over here because we need content, content, content over here. All right. Yeah. Well, that that all makes sense. I don't think I don't know if we ever did talk about it before. Of course, I could have forgot it if we did. Yeah. Um, but this actually isn't a foreign film. Hmm. This is a little American kid here in the middle. Um, again, I don't have my actors' uh, names. If anybody can read that right above the title of Enter the Warriors Gate there. But then the big dude in the top, the barbarian, that's uh, Dave Batista. What? Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't look like him. When, like 2010? No, that's what's even crazier. When did Guardians of the Galaxy come out? Trivia. The first one? Yeah. Oh, geez. I don't know. 2013. Good guess. 2014. When did Guardians of the Galaxy 2 come out? 16. Good guess. 2017. This is a 2017 movie as well. Dave Bautista is starring in this movie the same time he's playing Drax on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He's got a really round head in Drax, as Drax, though. <laughs> Maybe it's okay. the hair. I'm not sure and what that beard. has to do with it, but <laughs> that's why it doesn't look like him. Does it look better in this one, or look uh, more like him to you in that one? No, it's not him. Enough. Looks like one of the Road Warriors from the, the wrestling. Right? Yeah, he is. He's the barbarian king that kidnaps the princess here on the left, mm -hmm. and the. Uh, the guy, the one of the guards of the princess is on the right there, and in the middle there is this little gamer boy from America. So this this movie, I wrote this down, is a mix. Imagine this, Mike. Are you sitting down? Imagine. This is a mix of Power Rangers meets The Last Starfighter with some crouching tiger effects, and then wrap it all up in a Scott Pilgrim versus the World bow, and you got this movie. Okay. Tell me that doesn't I'm, sound fun, Mike. 
like the perfect recipe. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying, right, Pat? What do you think? That sound good? Maybe. <laughs> Too much of a good thing? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so so literally, this is uh that's so just to give you the plot, like I said, kind of a little bit already. Uh this uh barbarian king played by Batista kidnaps the princess he's going to marry her because she's in line to be the empress of japan and he's going to marry her then that would make him the emperor he's forcing her that's a shotgun wedding situation with swords no shotguns here um and uh the way he manages the princess or to kidnap the princess is by poisoning all of her you know because she has this big special royal tough guard of a hundred men you know he poisons them all one night at dinner and they all die and he him and his horde come and kidnap her he's gonna force her to marry him because so he can become emperor uh just so happens the guy on the right there uh in the poster uh wasn't at dinner that night he was away for some reason so he's the last one of her royal guard that survives and uh like i said the the video game kid here he's the best at a game called enter the warrior's gate on uh it's a cross platform too i don't know what system exactly um but <laughs> he's he's the best at this game he's awesome so uh they don't really explain this you know this magical mojo too much it's just literally they show him in the real world and his complicated life you know because he's kind of a nerd whatever and uh, him being the best at this video game and then after the events that I described with the princess being kidnapped and the one last royal guard uh, it manages to get her away from... This is another thing they didn't really under, uh, explain either. They kind of explained how she was kidnapped. But then the royal guard gets her away and then she's kidnapped again. Um, and she's kidnapped actually from our plane of existence because the royal guard guy and the princess come through a basket that's in this kid's room while he's playing the video game. They come through the basket and they look at him as the black Knight, which is the toughest character in this video game. And they come, he brought, he brought the princess to the black Knight to be protected by the black Knight. Um, because, uh, and he, he goes back to his realm of existence, leaves them to their own devices of course, uh, the kid and the princess develop this relationship while he's watching her the whole time. He can't really fight. He's just a nerd. Um, anybody that comes through the basket to try to kidnap the princess again gets uh, beat up by the princess while the, the gamer boy is just kind of barely surviving. He just ducks enough to, to live, but he's not doesn't know any fighting. Then he takes her to the mall and they do all this fun stuff on our plane of existence. Uh, but then, like I said, she, he manages uh, the barbarian king and the barbarian king's henchman manages to kidnap her again. They take her back into the pot to the the video game's existence. And of course, at this point, the video game boy loves her so much because they spent a day at the mall together. He must right. jump into the pot as well to go save her, even though he can't actually fight. Um, and then, you know, her uh, royal guard guy trains him how to fight a little bit. So then... He kind of takes this Ray Skywalker uh, curve. He goes from not very tough to he can do all kinds of judo action after one lesson on the beach when uh, him and <laughs> him and the Royal Guard guy are chilling uh, while they're taking you know a break in their journey. Um, yeah. So 
obviously everything I just said is ridiculous, but this movie, there's no doubt, knows it's being ridiculous. You know, and as long as that's the case, you know me, Batman Robin, you know, I can appreciate some ridiculousness whenever uh, I. it's obvious that the show isn't taking itself seriously whatsoever, and this doesn't. And uh, like I said, you know, uh, mix in some uh, Power Rangers action and some, uh, you know, serious crouching tiger moves in there, <laughs> you know. This is a pretty fun ride. Um, I would actually hazard to guess that both of y'all would like this better than you like Batman and Robin for sure. Um, and, and it's produced well, acting's fine. The dialogue is, is, is bad when you can tell it's intending to be bad. They got kind of this wizard that's kind of a drunken warrior style wizard. He's just constantly ridiculous, you know? And, uh, so this is a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think, and this is for this totally safe for kids in my opinion. So I like, I think this kind of thing, like probably Valor and Mark would probably like this a lot too. Um, I had a fun time just shaking my head, grinning from ear to ear, watching this entire thing. Uh, and there's nothing deep here. It is just ridiculous fun. So I'm going to give this um, like a six because it isn't that quality six and a half maybe. But, you know, if I was just going to judge it on pure entertainment value, I'd go with like an eight, you know, as far as how I was entertained with this. Um, but Check it out. The Warrior's Gate or Enters the Warrior, Enter the Warrior's Gate, whatever you want to call it, uh, currently on Max. Uh, this, again, 2017 Dave Batista. Check it out. Sounds like it's got uh, some Jumanji stuff to it, play too. too. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no people being in the wrong body kind of thing. So that's why I wouldn't really put in kind of Jumanji. Yeah. yeah. In the game, out of the game. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, in that in that regard, it's similar to that too. That's true. Yeah. All right, then I got serious because you know you have to level yourself out, you know. And I actually rented after Yang on Voodoo. Um, and you know, actually, after I rented this mic, I was like, oh. Crap, was I in Mike's account? Did you happen to see a receipt for this come through? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are either of you familiar with After Yang at all? No. Nope. Never heard of it. So this has a lot of this has a lot of hype, at least in the circles that I'm kind of you know, go around with all the critics and stuff of, of it being a great movie. Um this has um Colin Farrell. Is it top left guy there? Again, I'm failing with the actors, uh, everyone else. And I'm just obviously familiar with Colin Farrell from so many other things. Um, so I'm not trying to give anybody else a bad beat, but I apologize. Um, this is a sci-fi futuristic drama. Um, the This little Chinese girl. And there's a the, this is a Chinese robot from the future. They actually call them technos, like an android. The and girl is? No, no, no. The 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 boy to her left. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's like he's. They call him a techno. Like I said, he's an android, and he's kind of like a nanny, you know. Mm -hmm. So Colin Farrell and his wife there again. I can't remember her name. Um, but uh, they have adopted this little Chinese girl. So it's not only serving 
just as a uh, a nanny, but it's also they wanted to get a Chinese techno for the sake of helping the little girl kind of grow up, appreciating her culture and stuff like that as well. Okay. Does that sound interesting, Mike? What do you think? Yeah. Um, this is the second movie now that's not exactly like um, Descender, but, you know, Descender, Tim 21, was a companion robot Yeah. for kids. And then there's another movie I saw a trailer for a couple weeks ago, and it was very similar. Uh, you know, they're shutting down. Everything was taken over by robots and shutting it down. I'm like, why don't they just make Descender? instead of all these you know okay and then you're like okay and then they are basically that's what you're kind of seeing in this right yeah bits of it yeah yeah i've always thought about that with uh you know i've I've thought about that a lot with alien invasions why can't we ever have an alien invasion where they're coming here to help us you know well they always got to be attacking us right yeah that's true (laughs) obviously they're they are more advanced than us we can use their help right exactly yeah Again, I mean, they were here once when they built pyramids, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anyway, I looked these up while you were talking, Mike, too. This is Justin Min plays um, Yang, the the techno robot. And that's Jody Turner-Smith. It's Colin, Ver- Colin Farrell's wife. And uh, Malia Emma... I can't even try to pronounce that name. I'm sorry. Uh, is Mika the little girl? And um, man, this is made by A24, which is. Are you familiar with that um, company, Pat? Yeah, I thought they were more like a horror company. Yeah, they, horror uh, <laughs> they're they're really new, right? Fairly, maybe the last ten years. That's what I was I actually said that to uh, to Jesse this morning about it. That uh, yeah, they are. I would say young. I I said at the most ten years is, is the way I put. It. I was thinking it was even less than that. Um, but I'm actually double checking myself as I'm uh, I'm saying this. I might have gotten this confused with a twenty four. Because, yeah, when you said horror, it seems like A24 is more of a uh, a horror studio. Um, so I could be wrong about that. So anybody uh, wants to correct me on the studio that uh, produced this, I'm, uh, I'm not finding it quickly while I'm trying to talk and stall. But anyway, actually, it's probably on the uh, poster there, isn't it? You can see it anywhere? No. You would, definitely see the, you would definitely see the uh, A24 logo if it was A24. So I'm going to go ahead and dismiss that completely outright. I apologize. And now let me dismiss this movie. Oh, my God. This movie. I'm not even kidding. I believe this movie is an hour and 40 minutes long at, at most, right? This is literally full of 280 30 second scenes i'm not i'm i'm just barely just barely exaggerating they might have a couple minute scenes but this movie literally just cuts from scene to scene to scene to scene constantly there's like i think there's one conversation in the entire movie Actually, it might be two coming things right now. There's like two conversations the entire movie. The whole rest of the movie is just such quick, 
cuts uh, that I, you know, I could, I could speculate three or four different things that this movie um, is trying to say to us, uh, trying the message it's trying to give us, you know. Um, but just to give the plot real quick, um, they hi- again they have this uh, techno techno bot uh, from the future to nanny and and help their daughter and this movie begins with him breaking like and you don't even get to see it it's just the movie begins and he's broke already he isn't working anymore and the I whole something movie, happened to him when he said he was that's the yang character and it's after yang i'm like whoa he must have died or broke yeah exactly at the he's broke from the very first but scene of this yeah. movie and the whole rest of the movie all we do is go through uh, different two different things one uh Colin Farrell trying to get him fixed because the daughter really loves him and wants him back and misses him. And they, as they do, they appreciate him as a family too, not just the daughter. Um, so we're going through these again, 30 to one minute cutscenes throughout the movie of Colin Farrell, either trying to find a way to fix him and bring him back while also he's just kind of going through this journey of appreciating and flashbacks about him and all this. And man, if there's a story here, I couldn't find it. I, I literally, what I told Jesse was, um, I wanted to see this because the trailer seemed interesting. If you two want to check out the trailer, anybody else watching too wants to check out the trailer, uh, the trailer seemed totally interesting to me because it was like, oh yeah, that seems really cool. What's going on? But I literally watched the whole movie and I'm still saying, yeah, it looked pretty cool. What the heck is going on? You know, like it's, I mean, it just, I did not enjoy this at all. And you know what they do? You know what else they do to us too, Mike? melancholy music through the entire thing this is just sad depressing music it it never gets like an upbeat or a non-sad mm-hmm. score to it at all in any part oh karen saying a24 comes up in the trailer okay so i'm not crazy okay karen appreciate that input <laughs> anyway it's totally depressing sad slow 30 second to one minute cutscenes with a indiscriminate message. If you ask me aside from appreciate, you know, people because robots seem to understand being a human better than humans do. I don't, I don't know this, you know, I even got a tinge of, you know, um, don't try to, you know, uh, it's like a cultural thing. Like, he, this is Chinese culture. You need to appreciate this kind of thing too for this little girl. And like they adopted her and without Yang, this girl would have been lost. You know, it's it, it's all over the place. And the reason it's all over the place is because this, this hundred, this, this 90 minute movie gives us 200 minute, 200 different scenes. It's so crazy, but big negative for this one for me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is maybe a two, which if you watch this, you know what this is good for, Pat. You know what? If you have any problems sleeping, you know, instead of listening to that falling rain device, just put this movie on in the background. You'll go to sleep in no time. I'm telling you, this is what this movie did for me. You know, I can't so, wait to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably appreciate you. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna bet you'll be sucked in, Mike. You'll be sucked right in. But then at the end, you'll be shaking your head like, "What the heck?" Well, the, the, the way you described the, the 
how how short the scenes are it reminds me of uh, episode one. You know, the Phantom Menace. I can't stand how how you know just as you're getting into something, they cut to something else, and then they cut to something else. There's so many cuts in that movie. I remember us talking about that right after we saw it, that uh, we thought it cut too much. Did you feel that way out of the gate for episode one, Pat? I don't remember feeling that way, but yeah, I I see where you're coming from. Well, let me just say this, Mike, that, yeah, episode one's got nothing on this. You want to appreciate how long the scenes are in episode one. Watch this. (laughs) Well, I need to watch this before episode one, so I'm actually relaxed a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. (laughs) Right, exactly. But anyway, yeah, uh, if you want to take a nice nap, and this after Yang isn't even free, I had to pay to rent this. I was so mad, you know, but I heard so many positive things from it that, man, it wasn't like super awesome. I follow a couple smaller creators that they definitely like this and, uh, and I, and I like a lot of what they say. So I just trusted it. And like I said, the trailer seemed interesting, but anyway, after Yang, um, it's not streaming free anywhere. You had to, you could rent it pretty much anywhere though, but, but don't bother. Just wait till it comes out free and then see that I'm right. So, okay. Oh, Mike, if you want to check it out, you know, it's on my voodoo, uh, for 20. Oh, you still have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to the fun. Blue beetle. Got to see that in theaters yesterday. Uh, this This stars. What's that? This looks great. And I really hope it does well. Yeah, um, Pat, when you say it's not on your radar, is it just because you're not a, a Blue Beetle fan or you don't like the way the trailer looks? I, mean, what, what, yeah, what's I don't know. You know, my, my history with DC movies isn't that great. Um, I did want to see Flash. I, I am, I liked Ted Cord Blue Beetle, and I was sort of, you know, I didn't mind Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle. I think he has a cool design. Um, but this, the trailers looked too Iron Man y for me, I guess. I don't know. I was getting a lot of Iron Man vibes. Um, and it just, I don't know. There's something about it. it just never. Let me, let me talk about that crappy logo it has, too. Okay. You know, I think when Mike had, when, when we had a cover and pick three a while mm-hmm. back, I thought that was specifically because it was flashing back to the Purple Rain cover. And I thought it was maybe using the Purple Rain font. But this blue beetle logo showing up everywhere, and I was surprised to see it was the actual movie logo, and I I hate it. You do? Wow. Yeah, okay. I, hate it. I don't. I, I didn't really feel one way or another about it. It's very like disco-y or something. I don't know. What you're 1980s. Saying. It's yeah. real early 1980s. Look. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's in the 80s. Let, let us know, Kevin. Yeah, the set in the 80s. No, it's not set in the <laughs> 80s. No. Oh, then that yeah, that that's not good. <laughs> so anyway i like what you said there too pat with the iron man you're absolutely right i was thinking that multiple times while i'm watching this movie i'm like holy iron man ripoff there's uh there's a lot of that going on here um it wasn't i'm not a huge iron man particular fan to where i felt like i needed to gatekeep in my head that you know so it didn't bother me uh, but it, it did strike me a few times. Like, wait, I've seen this before, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was I liked it before, and I still liked it when it's Blue Beetle instead of Iron Man as well. But this definitely, especially with the, you know, final act of the movie, you got a lot of Iron Man action going on. Um, so the, back, actually the way I have it written down here, uh, describe this as Venom meets Iron Man because uh, 
I'm not too familiar with uh, Blue Beetle. No, I shouldn't say too familiar. I'm not familiar with Blue Beetle at all from the comics. So this is one of those ones. This is where I'm learning about Blue, about Blue, Ble Blue Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Beetle. <laughs> um, but yeah, is that how he works in the comics, Pat? Is it really venomy? Like when, when the Beetle attaches himself, he... I expected it to be kind of like, again, Iron Man, where he... You know, when he wants to armor up, he kind of, you know, kind of does this wraps him in armor kind of thing. But it's more of a venom kind of leeching out and taking him over kind of thing. What? How did the comic books express it? Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's how he was. This new Blue Beetle. I think that sort of fits with, with what comics. I remember. You know, he 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 was sort of a, a reluctant hero. You know, he didn't he didn't yeah. want the beetle. He didn't want the scarab. Yeah, uh, you know, it was kind of intrusive at first until he learned learned to get along with it. And uh, well, I, you know, I, I'm not going to call this a spoiler, but I don't know if you're going to be mad at me, Mike. But I, I, I don't fine. think you will. Okay, you're fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with however you want to review it because I, I you know. Okay, this know movie does. Like Sorry. I, I assume I'm going to like it. I'm going to have fun watching it with Mark. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with whatever. This movie does pay homage to the, the other Blue Beetle you were talking about too, Pat. Whatever his name was again. Ted Cord. Yeah. He uh this movie plays homage to that too, so. Um there's a couple things that are annoying about this to me. Uh you, you may have seen in the trailer. I think I saw it the first time in the trailer. <laughs> George Lopez calls him calls Batman a fascist. I didn't care for that. Um Batman is not a fascist. I've seen actually that making the rounds sometimes in videos where people are like dogging Batman. I mean, he's obviously, uh, you know, narcissistic, you know, kind of eccentric, uh, arrogant, you know, but kind of has to be the bat to be Batman, right? But aside from that, everything else about him is good in my opinion. So I hate when uh, Batman gets a bad rap. But anyway, I'm gonna gatekeep Batman until the day that I die. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, and then there's a couple other kind of hokey things that I'm not even going to mention since you haven't seen it yet, Mike, or, or you, for that matter, Pat. But uh, basically, I mean, this is an origin story, of course. You know, we see how Jaime gets uh, the scarab and then, of course, it attaching himself and then him becoming Blue Beetle. And it's kind of got a greatest American hero kind of thing where and I and I use that as an old school reference, but you know, you know what I mean, where he he doesn't know how to use it, and it's, but it's kind of like Venom again in the way that he can talk to it, so he's kind of trying to control it, telling it what to do. It doesn't want to listen sometimes; it wants to listen other times. So you know, this whole I'd say the first you know half of the movie is just him kind of uh, having this. Uh, what how'd you describe it, Pat, with this um, relationship where he doesn't want to really be a part yeah. of it. A contentious relationship he doesn't really yeah. want it yeah uh but then he starts to get his act together and then of course that's just in time for when the baddies are coming after him uh this has susan sarandon's the bad guy girl bad girl uh in this and uh she's the of course the evil corporation that's after the scarab and uh of course since he's attached himself to uh Cobra Kai kid. Do you know what the Cobra Kai kid's name is, Pat? I do not. Mike? I, I don't remember. Emily actually pointed out to me that he was in Cobra Kai. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't recognize him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah. 
I, I got to, I've got to, I've got to spell this for you, and then you can pronounce it. Okay. You ready? Sure. X O L O is his first name. Zola. And his last name is M A R I D U E N with that squiggly thing above the N A. Zolo Maradina. Sounds good to me, Pat. <laughs> right? That sounds good, right? So Zolo, we looked it up because I was like, I've never heard that, of course. It is, I think it's an Aztec uh, word um, that means something about dogs. It's like, I don't, you know, it's kind of an interesting name though. That's for sure. And I think he's, a, I think he's a really good actor. I, I, I was, I thought he was a really good pick for Blue Beetle because I love Cobra Kai. And uh, he's a real similar character in this. As he was in Cobra Kai, I thought I thought he did a good job. And then everybody else, uh, you know, this this movie obviously is, you know, big money. So it, in my opinion, I don't know what you think of the CGI on this one, Pat, but I think it looks great. Um, the production quality's good, acting's good, dialogue's fine. Honestly, the the worst, uh, the the one who got the short end of the stick in the dialogue in my opinion or maybe she's past her prime with susan sarandon she was the one that throughout this movie when she's doing the acting i was i couldn't exactly figure if i was more annoyed by the way she was acting or what she was saying it was kind of kind of hokey and there's just a bunch of little hokey things with this it doesn't take it too seriously but uh, when it gets into the action, which is a little bit later than I would have preferred it to, there's definitely sprinkle action throughout, and then they get to a big finale kind of thing. Um, but this is fine. Um, I thought it was uh, a definitely a, a, a fun one-time view for me, at least. Uh, I might check it out again in the future. Who knows? But it was definitely fun. I gave it uh, seven and a half bags of popcorn. Uh, like I said, I saw this with Lexi. She gives it nine stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, a bag of popcorn is is totally copyrighted by the podcast so she just gave it nine stars you know but anyway <laughs> she loved this movie which i was a little bit surprised by you know how when you're kind of watching a movie with somebody you kind of get a feeling of how mm -hmm. they're feeling about it you know and i was not getting nine vibes out of her while we were watching it uh but yeah when she gave me the nine i was like wow that's awesome i mean so Good. It's a lot of fun. I, it's definitely a positive review for me in general. And uh, so check out Blue Beetle. I think uh, it's already doing pretty well. So, And I haven't heard... Has anybody heard any negativity about this at all yet? I haven't. No. I mean, no, aside I from really... you just want to hate every DC superhero yeah. movie that comes out, you know. So anyway. Yeah, I, I keep seeing the superhero fatigue, this and that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing's going to hit those those Iron Man Avenger numbers and, and stuff like that. Um, but... Yeah, still. Yeah, I'm excited for it. That's why I really wanted to do well, so we can keep getting superhero movies. Because I'm not fatigued. I'm with you exactly, Mike. <laughs> you aren't fatigued either, right, Pat? I'm just uh, fatigued with the excuse. It's it comes down to the quality of the actual movie or show. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not the not the uh, concept behind it, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I'm I'm I am fatigued by crappy superhero movies, but yeah, because yeah, it's just like horror and comedy. It's a genre, you know. It's yeah. superhero genre. We've got sci-fi and horror and everything. I'm not fatigued with those. 
since we're talking about crappy movies, I did want to mention one other thing too. And then I'm going to, if you guys have anything you want to chime in before I end my segment in general, but um, Star Wars, I just learned something new. Did, did anybody hear this whole thing about Zack Snyder and uh, having written a screenplay for uh, episode seven, eight, nine? Did you guys hear that before? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so. <clears throat> well, I actually shouldn't say he wrote it. I may be speaking a little bit out of turn, but in general, he like wrote a screenplay or he had this Star Wars idea for 7, 8, and 9 that he actually pitched to Disney or whatever. Um, and he wanted it to be rated R. And they they canned it. They didn't even give it a chance or even consider it. So you know what he did? Just changed a couple characters' names and now he's making a trilogy boom mike exactly have you heard about this treatment is what it would be called yeah uh and and check this out <laughs> well actually i i gotta do this one time for both of you name guess what okay based on everything you just heard right what is the first movie of this i don't know if it's gonna be a trilogy i i, I just wanted to say boom about your guess mike i don't know if it's actually gonna be a trilogy but there's one coming out i think it comes out in november the first one's coming, or at least one. I don't know. I keep misspeaking. I don't know if it's the first one, but there's one coming out in November. Based on everything we just talked about, what's the name of that movie? Go, Mike. Um, Star Killers. Nice. Pat? Uh, I was thinking more specifically to like episode seven, like uh, The Power Awakens or something like that. <laughs> I like that too. No. <laughs> the Rebel Moon. Mm. <laughs> That sound cool? Total ripoff of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait I mean, to see it though. I'm a big Zack Snyder. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree with them not greenlighting that idea. I mean, Star Wars shouldn't be rated R. I mean, agreed. You got to look at your target audience. Agreed. You want those kids. I'm hoping that Rebel Moon is awesome, and that it, mm -hmm. then then I'll just be completely happy that this played out the way it did because. Even if Rebel Moon is awesome, if that was episode seven and it was rated R, I'd be like, just like I am with Deadpool and, and Logan and everything. I'm like, what? just do the same thing, but just don't make it R, you know? But anyway, I know we we all, the group differs on the opinions with the, with those things as well. So, but anyway, check it out. I'll, I'll definitely be checking it out and I'll let you know Rebel Moon in November. Um, so we'll, And we'll see how my attitude changed when I had kids. Yes. I used to like all the crazy, it's like a... I don't see a problem with that but we'll see once my kids are 18 and and moved on and and stuff like that yeah um, maybe i'll come back around and be like okay yeah this is fine that's a good point <laughs> to point out mike yeah we were definitely different before kids now we have kids we'll see how we're after kids right yeah <laughs> all right did you get did you have anything to chime in in viewers kind of uh viewing habits this week mike or pat either one of you no thank you all right, cool. That'll do it for me. Had the three. I'm trying to limit it to three every week now. So, Success. Thank you, Studio Owners. Appreciate it. All right, Mike, you're on deck. You good? Yep, I'm ready. All right.
All right. What we got? Muted, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike, are you manually muting yourself during the video intro? No, I'm not touching anything. Uh, and I, also, weird. I'm only getting part of the intro. It's Everything's glitching. I don't know. It's weird. It's cloudy it? out. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have uh, fiber optic. Yeah, that's that's working. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So last week I had a bunch of stats that I forgot to, you know, tell you guys about because I love stats. I, I I know you do too, Kevin. We used to keep tons of video game stats. Big stat freak, definitely. Um, yep. Yep. But uh, so here's here's uh, it should be popping up there any minute now. We can um, see it. We can see it. Okay. It took a while for me. So this week, you know, uh, all these books come out August 23rd. Uh, this week, there were 564 covers. Hmm. Now, that's including variants and everything. And, and the breakdown, the top six, Marvel has 99 covers <laughs> with only 16 titles. Wow. Dynamite 67 covers with five titles. Oh my gosh. DC 65 covers with 13 titles. Boom is 21 covers with three titles. IDW is 35 covers with eight titles. And Image is 50 covers with 18 titles. Wow. Dynamite. It's like, you know, the a couple of books have 30 covers. It's ridiculous. Insane. <laughs> That is crazy. Let me ask you, you guys would be able to uh, chime in on this more than I would. Do you think that they just get all these covers digitally created, but they don't print any until they get the orders for them, right? So it doesn't cost them any if they don't get it. Like if if they put a cover out there, no one wants it, wouldn't cost them anything. Or, or you know, do you think artists get paid that way residually i mean it, there's two there's two things at play here one how many covers there are and how many get printed and then whether the artist two questions in play i should say and then two do the artists get paid if they sell or do they get paid when they just make them or is the combination how's that work you, you got what do you got to say about that first pat the artists are given a, a certain rate i believe you know that's how it's traditionally worked no matter what happens to the cover how it's used where it's used but the, you know in today's day and age with the variant covers and the store covers uh, you know all bets could be off there I, I really don't know yeah do you have any input on that mike uh, i i, I kind of think the same way patrick is is yeah they're they're paid to do a, a cover um and and the companies use them wherever they like on those variants what about um, the printing of them versus the order or not? Does that have does that have anything to do with how many are ordered? Or do you think they're going to print when they solicit, regardless if it gets ordered? Do you think they're going to print uh, all of them anyway, or do you think it's possible if they don't get orders for a certain cover, they don't print it? Do you think how about that whole process, Pat? If you, I mean, if you're a company that wants to stay in business, you better adjust your orders, or you're going to be in trouble. You know? Yeah, I bet every cover that's solicited, they do print them. You know the all the variants and then it's probably just on varies on how many based on how many orders yeah got, like, it, got it okay on what early orders are and stuff like that i was thinking of with so many there has i was just thinking and the reason i'm asking this with so many covers 
you think there'd have to be some that aren't getting ordered you know so that's what i was mm. like then are they still printing them then if they aren't getting ordered i mean i could be completely off base here of course but it just seems so crazy to me when you're talking about so many covers mm. for so few books it's so crazy you know but what do yeah. i know you know yeah all right so let's get to these 10 right sorry sorry no did you have something else I was just going to say that's definitely seems to be what the business model, what they care about the most about uh, is the covers and, and, and the art of the covers more than even interior art or even story. I think numero uno importance to all these uh, companies is the covers at this point. You guys agree with that? Yeah, that's the cover sells the book more than the storyline. Yeah. And when you add in, you know, the ratio factor, it, it, it's definitely you know changed things yeah yep all right i mean i buy it just for the cover more so than i buy it for the story yeah maybe not no i get all right let me just get to this before i talk myself into a corner <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh we'll start off with venom 24 by brian hitch fantastic four annual number one odd knock Nyok, uh, King Spawn 25, Fede Melee, Firepower 26, Chris Samney, Jean Grey number one, Derek Chu, Invincible Iron Man number nine, Martin Cocolo, Deadpool 10, Pete Woods, Night Terrors Harley Quinn 2, Jenny Frisian, Moon Knight Crypt of the Dead number two, Alex Horley, and Battle Chasers 12, John Boy Myers. And John Boy Myers is it's Art Adams. <laughs> Everything looks like Art Adams to me mm. when John Boy John Boy Myers does something. Am I crazy there? Yes. Yeah, you're in my opinion, you're crazy because John Boy stuff, he's got so many, and this is what I like about his style to me. He's got so many sharp edges. So many uh, it's so sharp. I see Art Adams in it. Am I crazy to you too, Pat? Yeah, he's more in the Joe Maggio era uh, area as far as and, you know, styles initially i was going to use the the mad cover um yeah. but then i saw john boys and i actually like his artwork better it's definitely yeah. awesome I, I loved it yeah this this was this I, I had uh i think i had six covers picked early in the week uh -huh. and then i was just struggling i had gone through all 564 covers and i couldn't i'm like i just can't find anything i just can't find anything so i went back through oh, wow that's surprising to me wow yeah because okay. I, I i definitely had six in the running for my top three of these it's probably your first six i guess then originally <laughs> <laughs> you had six out of the game <laughs> what do you think of this week uh pat uh it was okay yeah, there's, mm, yeah. Are, are you guys, are you a Jenny Frizen fan, Pat? Yeah. I like her more and more as, uh, as I see more and more of her covers. She's ones that I definitely pay attention to a lot whenever they come out. Cause she doesn't, most of her covers are a covers, aren't they? Or am I just the ones I've seen are like that? No. no? I think they're B covers. Okay. I shouldn't say, see. <laughs> You know, bees are variants technically, right? I but I consider yeah. 
I, I, what I should have said was hers are like the main covers aren't the, uh, you know, incentive variants or whatever. It's just the main covers, like which include B covers for DC. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Back, yeah. Back that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. I liked how DC did that. They kind of assign an artist to the B cover for, you know, a certain number of issues and you can count on that artist being on there for a while. And she's one of them. Yeah. She's awesome. All right. Well, we got, sorry about the, uh, lengthy, uh, intro there all right yeah number coming in third place we have it's up, up there there we go king spawn 25 yeah i really like this one this one's it's got a real great creepy feel to it who's who's the artist on this i, I hope I, i'm saying his name correctly fede melee hopefully yeah F-E-D-E-M-E-L-E. -E -E. Why are you shaking your head on that one, Pat? Because uh, you don't know how to pronounce it either? Yeah, I, I, I had never heard, heard, excuse me, never heard of this artist before. Yeah. 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 Mike's, Mike's attempt is as good as anybody's, I suppose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know where Todd finds some of these guys. He he discovers a lot of, a lot of good artists. It's a pretty cool cover. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't in the running for me because uh, it's upside down, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know half it's upside down. I get, I know, I know, but you know, I know it's a reflection. I get it. I get the cover. I get I'm just being playful. Don't, don't hate me. It's a great cover. And I'm definitely getting it. <laughs> so. All right, here we go with number two. We have. There we go. Uh, Night Terrors, Harley Quinn, Jenny Frison. Definitely going to be grabbing this. I, uh, you know, <laughs> the only times I ever buy Harley Quinn are for the covers. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm being, I'm going to be a hypocrite right now because I picked this one, even though you could make the same mm -hmm. argument that this is upside down as well. Karen's all shaking her head in the background. Yeah. I know, Karen. <laughs> she wants me to order one for her, too, apparently, I think. What do you think of this, Pat? Yeah, I like this cover, even though it's a Night Terrors book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, did you... Did you, you guys didn't get a chance to check out my Whatnot show last night, right? Um, I had three or four of our... Uh, top 10 covers of the week last week on last night's show that oh, new night probably. that new night terrors nightwing i got that that's what i started getting my dcbs orders weekly so i could get the books that came out that week for the show that right. weekend so it was pretty cool i had the spider-man uh peach momoko as well and that one actually sold so cool yeah it's pretty cool Oh yeah, so this is a great cover. I love it. All right, All right, and in first place we have <laughs> drum roll didn't work. Yeah, I thought that was coming. All right, no problem. We'll just move on. Uh, first place, I clicked it. It's up. <laughs> okay, I'm super delayed. Um, Invincible Iron Man number nine, Martin Cocolo. This is a Stormbreakers. Yeah. So I haven't heard of him either. He's a new guy. 
There's still some guys that are, huh? I think that's the whole point of Stormbreakers, isn't it? It's about getting new artists that no one's ever heard of out there, I think, right? Yeah. And then uh, there's, there's some people that are Stormbreakers. I can't remember anybody in particular, but I saw them still under the Stormbreaker logo. And they've been around for a couple of years now. But yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. But yeah, I love the symmetry on this one. It's just the balance here is awesome. It is pretty cool. This, yeah, I thought this was a, a okay cover, but I just couldn't figure out why. Why? What's what's the significance of what is he? You know, hawk. You this know? is a reintroduction. This is a reintroduction of a new Falcon. Oh, is that <clears> it? Now that Falcon's Captain America. You got to put Falcon in back in to the. I have no idea. I have no idea. Now he's a literal Falcon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my biggest complaint with uh, Falcon being Captain America now is I like the Falcon. I want. Where's my Falcon guy? But yeah, exactly. someone needs someone needs to read this to figure out uh, what's going on here. <laughs> Well, it's I'm a very cover, so yeah, I'm betting there yeah. is no significance. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, Karen's chiming in. Looks like a woman wearing a dress with wings to me. Okay, <laughs> hey. I see it. I see, I see it now. Yeah, I yep. see what you're talking about. Yeah. Hey. That's I see that. So there we go. That's uh, yeah, that's our pick threes. Nice. I love the uh, 10 more than I love the, the top three. Go figure. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm always happy when there's at least <laughs> uh, four or more uh, covers that I like in the top 10. You know, and, and Mike, you've completely spoiled me. I don't even need to see what's coming out this week. I just rely on that you're going to show me the best 10 coming. So I, I really appreciate your hard work. Yep. Oh, you know, okay. Can we already talked about the Halloween episode we're going to dress up, right? Yeah. I want to, for the April Fool's episode, I think we talked about it before, but I don't think it happened. Uh, well, I know it didn't happen, but I think we talked about it was, uh, us switching roles Yeah, where right, you do right. a, what Kevin watched and, uh, Pat does a pick three and I do a collectibles. We want to do right. that with that. Will, will April fools be the best episode to do that. Would that be best or another time? Maybe I mean, we, we can do it. We can just plan on it and then just insert it whenever. Yeah, it's that's like, true. Uh, what was I it am... on uh, Opposite Sketch or whatever? What was it on You Can't Do That on Television? I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah we can just oh, do yeah. it anytime. No need to overthink it. Got it. Yeah. I, I need right. you to remind me that all the time, Mike. Thanks. We kept our own rules. All right. <laughs> Pat checked out because he's ready for his Get It or Forget It review. Are you ready for yours, Mike? I am. Yeah. Man, you're super ready today. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry. All right, here we go.
All right. She got Mike. All right. Um, as you said at the, the opening here, uh, it's my uh, the funnest book I've read. Um, I think I highlighted this to uh, to you guys. Um, and you didn't seem too uh, overly interested in checking it out, but Space Outlaws number one from uh, I think Scout Comics. This is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so many things about this that I absolutely loved. Um, let me let me get, tell you a little bit about it first. So there's a high security prison on Mars, and this prisoner escapes. Now he's, he's an alien prisoner, um, and he goes by. And this, there are certain things that I'm uh, that are annoying me a little bit. His name is annoying, F24K, which that's that's it's difficult to read when you're reading it. I actually read it in my head, so I need to shorten it. But anyway, he escapes and he heads to Earth. So the prison warden or whatever, these are all aliens. Um, they talk about what they're going to do and they decide that the only course of action is to send a machine who's referred to as the overkill agent. Um, need to send the overkill agent after him to catch them and bring them back so both of them are heading off to earth um and uh f24k arrives on earth and he uh the first thing he does is since you know he's an alien form he inhabits um a man on earth and this is the guy on the on the cover is actually what he's going to look like as a human and uh the overcoat agent lands about 43 miles away and uh, so it's kind of how it ends. The, the what I love about this so much is the art style. Oh, this is all done Marco Fontani Fontanilli Fontani. Um, he writes it, does all the artwork, everything. And mostly what I what I want to highlight here is some of the interior artwork. That's his this is the, Yeah, that's it, some of the interior. It's like the first or second page. And uh, I love the style. It's the very limited colors. Um, yeah, so that's that's really cool. What what I think is cool. It has a lot of Terminator like parts to it, and we all love the Terminator. Yeah. So we've got this page here. So we've got this panel, and that is the Overkill agent arriving uh, on Earth. And if we go back to Terminator. Yep. <laughs> There's the Terminator, so they're kind of just switched. Um, well, like I said, that's totally Han Solo's gun in that other picture you showed too. This is a oh yeah, this is a sci-fi, uh, sci-fi you know, western. Yeah, like sci-fi classic appreciation or something. You know, a lot of a lot yes. of that in here too. Obviously, yeah. Yep. And that that cover looks just like the cover for I think the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, right? Mm, I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. I might have. Um, yeah, I'll bet you if you overlay the good, the bad, and the ugly with that cover, it's pretty. It's oh, pretty okay. Pretty. I see. And, and then there's a little bit of still water in this cover, too, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what I thought was, was great is uh, we remember this scene from The Terminator yes. where 
he says, I need your clothes, your your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Right. And uh, <laughs> in this book, we've got this is it's it's uh my computer's slow today for some reason. I'll pop it up. Okay, so here he says, I want your clothes, boots, hat, and gun. Nice. You know, so it's it's uh very very similar but this is what oh i mean look at that artwork it's just so fantastic and i'm, I'm just going to correct you here that's terminator 2 because in the terminator uh arnold took uh bill paxton's clothes remember oh that's right yeah yeah but it was awesome so I went, <laughs> yeah I went to terminator 2. yeah it's been a while yeah <laughs> I got. I'm sorry. Did you want to keep going? I'm sorry. I got a couple. Yeah, questions. I'm just showing some of the interiors, um, and then uh, one of the things that makes it a little bit difficult for me to read. So it's a, it's a, you know, out of everything I love about it, only a couple of things. The font, I'm not a fan of that, with the real square computer-like look to it. Just makes it difficult to read. Um, so anyway, go out and get this. It's really great artwork. Great. Even the feel, the paper quality is good. Um, it's like, I think it's 40 some pages and issue number two doesn't come out until October 18th. So you have a lot of time to track down a number one before you fall behind. So this is a must have. Yeah. Obviously you have to like, you know, <laughs> space. Yeah. <and> Cowboys. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this is a must have. I love it. All right, which which is perfect for me to ask my questions about it because I want to must have it. But I need to know one important thing to have me get this book. Oh, okay. I think I know do where they, you're going. Do they give you one reason that we're <coughs> feeling for this outlight? Like, is he incarcerated uh, unjustly? And is there, or he's, is he really just a bad guy? Because I think I'm the I'm one that chimed in on when you put this up that you were looking to get this originally that it wasn't for me because I have issues with liking bad guys, you know, quote unquote, you know, if you give me a reason that they're not actually bad guys, but they're looked at as bad guys, I can still get down with that. What, what say you about this in that regard? Um, yeah, he's just an out and out bad guy. They what, don't... What's he incarcerated for? Do you know? They, they didn't say. White collar but, crimes or murder? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say. He's just a real bad guy. Okay. Um, it's a it's a maximum security or it's a high security prison. So I imagine he's pretty bad. And okay. It's, it's not, he's not written in any sympathetic sympathetic manner at all. So I think okay. uh, who we're supposed to cheer for is the overkill agent who's tracking Boom. him down, trying to take him. Boom! That that is what my next question was going to be. Then, okay, perfect. So, so we so you read this and it it portrays to you that you're rooting for the overkill agent. I like it. Okay, I'm down. I'm gonna grab this. I don't know if he's necessarily good either, though. He just might be <laughs> on par with how bad that guy is. That you got to send someone just as bad to bring him back. But at least he's on the right side of the law, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need to enjoy it. You know, yeah. you, you need to give me a reason that the person on the wrong side of the law is there 
wrongly or <laughs> the, I got you want to represent the person on the right side of the law. What? So it sounds like I could enjoy this though, based on what you're saying, which makes me extremely happy because I love your must have review. And yeah, I agree. This looks cool and it sounds cool. So this I'm down with yep. this. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. All right, Pat, what you got? Uh, what I got. I made a special trip to the store yesterday. To pick up there down 14. Final issue. Because um, I wasn't going to wait two, three more weeks for my shipment to come. Right. I got mine this week. I got mine this week, and I offered this on the Whatnot Show last night. Yeah, I was a little disappointed to find that. You know, I was at least hoping I could get a, a variant cover, but I they only had two copies, and they were both the Marco Cicchetto cover. So, it's a pretty nice cover, though, right? Yeah, it's not a problem. I just was hoping to buy something different. You know, ah, gotcha. Since I already have this one coming anyway. Oh, gotcha! Right, right, right. Now you're gonna have two of the same one. Got it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm yeah. um, happy to say uh, this is Daredevil 14 by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. Uh, I'm going to give a special mention to Matt Wilson. He's the colorist. You know, I have, I've neglected to talk about him on this book, but he's a big part of it. Um, and I'm happy to say that this uh, book sticks to landing, uh, wraps everything up in a satisfactory way. Um, let's start out, first of all, you can see Mike spotlighted this in the Excel group. The corner box highlights John Romita. And I don't know if anybody has taken a look at any of these Marvel books that have the corner box, but they dedicate four pages in the beginning beginning to John Romita. Very nice. Very, very surprised to see that. Um, but uh, it, it was a nice, nice thing to see. I actually, whenever this came up, obviously, as the corner box, I think, yeah, Mike was highlighting it before. I actually looked back and... and he he actually had passed during a week we were off that's why we never had a, you know we mm. typically have an episode that kind of you know reflects on you know artists that pass and we actually were off the week after he passed so no. i was thinking about that man we should we should have had an episode like yeah, that yeah. you know but yeah, anyway yeah. well that's we right. can still we can still have pat put something together next week that's true <laughs> pat usually does it he's he's, he's really good at it yeah, he's the good one. Yeah, <clears throat> he's the good one. <laughs> anyway, what happened in this book? <laughs> yeah, once we get the tri tribute out of the way, um, this is basically an epilogue <laughs> to the entire series, um, and we find out. And there's a letters page, which was sort of uncharacteristic of this whole run. There's there hasn't been many letters pages, um, but they have sort of an outgoing, you know. You know, sort of final talk with Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto and the editor. And uh, uh, Chip mentions that he had an overall title to his whole run. Uh, and the title was To Heaven Through Hell. That was the name of this entire storyline. Um, mm. So uh, we find out, you know, six months have passed since the last issue uh, where we last saw Daredevil rescuing the captives in hell and defeating the hand and the fist. Um, and apparently left for dead. So we pick up, you know, like I said, months have passed, six months have passed, and we check in with all of Matt Murdock, Daredevil's supporting cast. Um, we find out that Foggy and Cole set up a new, uh, a new uh, business 
uh, called Nelson and North to continue the fight against the Stromwind twins and their evil doing corporate shenanigans, uh, which was kind of nice to see. Uh, with uh, they, it, it, basically, this whole book sort of shows everybody has been set on a positive path because of Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Um, Electra has fully embraced her role as Daredevil. And it's it's fully realized now. She she realizes why you know Matt did the things he did, and she has for now put aside her assassin tendencies. She knows that killing is not right. It's better to instill fear into these criminals. Um, Finally, and... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, and she she you know she is fully into you know becoming the protector of hell's kitchen um and we see you know uh, other people that have been affected you know throughout the series uh electric sort of picked up an adopted adopted uh, adopted daughter along the way her parent her mother had passed away or was killed and she sort of took this kid under her wing and she's she's sort of acting in this book sort of like uh electra electra's uh woman in the chair you know she she She's a computer whiz, apparently, and she's, you know, tries to find all of this info for Electra to take down people. And she's sort of, you know, her helper. And and we also touch in with sort of the people when when Daredevil was put in prison, there was a movement where all these people on got Daredevil masks and they were protecting the city in his absence. And we sort of check in with those people, sort of seeing that they're they're keeping an eye out as a community for each other uh in their you know with electra daredevil's help you know they they intend to keep doing that and we also see electra touch in touch base with uh the kingpin's son butch who you know he he claims you know he's he's not the same person his father was uh he wants hell's kitchen to thrive and he's not going to be the same person but electra basically tells him you know say all you want this is your this is your chance to change but um, I've got my eye on you, buddy. Um, uh, and uh, finally, you know, Foggy has a conversation with Reed Richards about Matt, and uh, it sort of, you know, it sort of wraps everything up. You know, it, 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 if you've if you've lost a loved one, uh, you can it definitely will hit home with you. Their conversation, um, and uh, you know, throughout all of this, you know, Matt. In, or sorry, Electra and Foggy, they, they all keep thinking they they're catching glimpses of Matt Murdock, you know, around the city, you know, and Reed sort of explains to them that's that's sort of a coping mechanism. You you, you look for that. You try to see that. It's it's comforting to you. Uh, like I said, it it it, it all kind of you know, you 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 understand it if you've lost people close to you. Um, so you know they're they're all catching these glimpses of people they think are mad, but but you know it always turns out, you know that it's not it's not really him. It's just you know they're they're seeing these things where they're not really there. Until maybe it isn't. Maybe this isn't true. Maybe that maybe they do see Matt. Um, and I'm just gonna kind of leave it at that. I don't want to spoil the ending. Um, it's a, it's a great ending. Like I said, sticks the landing, sets up the next Daredevil book. I will say, I believe I was totally off base in my thinking of Blind Spot taking on the Daredevil role, but we'll see. I, that's still not confirmed or denied. 
Um, uh, they they're definitely setting up Electra, you know, as Daredevil still. Uh, what what what's gonna happen to Matt? Is he back? Isn't he back? I guess we're gonna have to find out. Uh, but it, it the final pages are very interesting. Like I said, just not don't want to spoil everything. Um, it's you know, it's it's a get it. It's definitely not a must-have because if you if you haven't been reading the series, it's it's not really going to mean a lot to you. But as someone who has read the entire series, uh, this final you know epilogue to the series is is a must-have for me. Um, uh, we'll see what happens with the new creative team of Saladin Ahmed and Aaron Cooter. Uh, it's it's almost like it, it, it's in a way you could leave this book. And and never read another Daredevil again and be satisfied. Hmm. It's kind of. Uh, but if you want to continue, you know, there's always going to be a Daredevil book published by Marvel for sure. So yeah, strong a strong finish, uh, satisfying finish. You know, a lot of times, unfortunately, series die out because of poor sales, and you know those last handful of issues are just garbage fill-in issues to try to just finish the book out before another creative team comes on or, or what have you. Uh, it's always good to, to see when a company will let a creative team finish its vision, you know, and, and see their uh, story to fruition as, as it happened here. So can't recommend it highly enough. I'm, I mean, the, the omnibuses are going to be put out there soon i think i think maybe the first one has been maybe next month it, it, it will be solicited and um definitely something i want as a permanent fixture on my bookshelf and i'm looking forward to getting it all collected so yeah get it for me must have if you're if awesome. you've been following along so awesome yeah i may have to look at those omnibuses as well just to make it easier to read them instead of pulling out you know how many issues were in that first series? 35 or something like that? Yeah, I'd say around there. Yeah. So there's quite a few, quite a few books. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad. Yeah. Really good to hear. Yep. And great, great artwork, too, by the way. There's not a lot of, there's a limited number of action scenes in this issue. It's more of a character driven story, but his character work, I, you know, I, I kept thinking back. I was going to try to actually find my, when I first, when it first clicked for me with Marco Cicchetto and I, you know, I could see his, his artistic storytelling was just, you know, top notch. It, it, you know, he put it put me on, it put him on my radar, and you know, he's continued to build and build. And even his quiet moments, like this issue here, there's so much well drawn character moments, body language that you needed for a story like this, and he he's equally good at conveying those emotions and doing that kind of storytelling here as well so just really top-notch as far as the artwork it goes here too so he could be at the top of his game right now is what it sounds yeah like. yeah for sure are they moving into a new volume with number one you or... bet they are kevin yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i was just gonna say it's 15 just gonna be electra's daredevil new story or yeah okay gotcha Yep, I Daredevil figured. number one, September 13th. This has got to be the shortest run of a non-miniseries to just be considered one volume, right? 
Yeah, it's really unfortunate they stopped and restarted. Yeah, I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it. Yeah. They should just kept going with the whole thing. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. It got yeah. interrupted by when they did the, when they started this volume. It was interrupted by Devil's Reign, which is a crossover. You know, the right. the first volume ended. It went into Devil's Reign, and then this new volume of Daredevil. It, I mean, it's it's in a way it makes sense, but in a way it's just totally annoying how they had to do it like that. It's well, even all, if it makes sense, it can be annoying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, that's Once awesome. All right, I got back to uh, reading Vanish. I picked up uh, issue five and issue six. And actually, shout out to my boy uh, for trading me. I got the uh, unlockable foil variant for number six. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, to, to kind of recap where we are in Vanish... You know, kid named Oliver kills a super bad guy when he's a kid. Fast forwards to when he's older. He still holds major resentment against um, the bad guy that he killed and his henchmen because his mentor and teacher of the wizarding arts. Uh, reminder, this is kind of like uh, an adult Harry Potter type story, <laughs> for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, and uh, we fast forward to him as an adult, his you know, his heyday of being remembered as the, the chosen one that was able to kill the big baddie is past. He's got some real world current problems. And uh, then he comes across one of the big baddies henchmen that's kind of playing himself off as a superhero. But he knows he's not a superhero. He's a bad henchman. So then that brings him back into trying to track down all of um, the henchman of, uh, and actually the big baddie's name is Vanish, um, and tracking down all of his henchmen that are all portraying themselves as superheroes. Uh, that's where we currently are in this story. I think what I said happened at the end of issue four was, um, while he was fighting all of these henchmen that were playing themselves off as heroes, um, they were trying to be like, Hey, stop killing us. Stop fighting us. We're good guys now. And he wasn't buying it as he was violently killing them. This is not for kids. This is an extremely violent, uh, vulgar <laughs> comic. Um, and, uh, it, it, it brings into question whether he's actually the good guy or the bad guy in, in this book, uh, Oliver, the, the character on the cover here of uh, number five, whether he's the good guy or the bad guy, it kind of brings into question all the time. And then at the end of issue four, the leader of the henchmen's finally like, we've had enough. The only way we're going to be able to stop him is essentially if we become the bad guys we used to be and all team up and try to kill him, you know, kind of that's where four ended. <clears throat> then five pulls a switcheroo on us. Uh, bringing us, I think, what issue is this on, Mike? I think this is on like issue eight or something, like nine, maybe. You Let know? me look up. It's it's in a. I think it's on hiatus right now. Oh, okay. So anyway, in issue five, it pulls a. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the exact episode, uh, Pat. You might be able to correct me on this, but I think what was it, Moon Knight episode seven on Disney Plus, where they had the whole trying to play us 
whether uh, this was all happening in uh, Moon Knight's head or not. Was that? I think it was episode six or seven, right? Yeah, I don't recall. So that's how they kind of play us in uh, this issue of Vanish. Uh, it starts out pretty much right out the gate with him in an insane asylum and his doctor and a couple other people trying to... And it was written pretty well because you get this vision of he's kind of coming to and he's thinking about how all these things that just happened didn't really happen because the doctor's telling him every time basically Oliver would say something, the doctor would be like, oh, here we go again with you killing the the bad guy that destroyed your wizarding school fantasy land story you know he's being completely dismissive essentially giving us the impression he's heard this entire story that we've read from issues one through four from oliver to him in an insane asylum the entire time you know a psych ward or whatever you want to call it you know <clears throat> mike did you figure out what issue was on did you look that up yeah, um, issue eight is its end of story arc on uh, number eight, and that came out June twenty eighth. Okay, and um, I have a, I, I think I have an idea on why. I think okay. the, the later I, I just put my issue number seven and eight away, and I think inside it it's listed as story, Donnie Cates, writer Ryan Stegman, artist Stegman. So I think you know whatever's going on with Donnie Cates, he hasn't been writing anything for a while. You uh, know, him and him and Stegman had started this. I think he's kind of taking a step back and and Stegman's writing the the book based on the story that they created together. So it'll probably be on hiatus until Donny Cates gets everything sorted out with whatever he's going through, which I have no idea. I have uh, ideas, but speculation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, in, in this issue five, that kind of the entire issue is kind of playing out the way I just described. Um, and then, honestly, by the end of the issue, I can't tell you what's up and down in this uh, issue at all, whether it's legit, he's living, you know, we're experiencing what's inside his head and he's crazy, or <clears throat> this is a game that, of course, the henchmen, wizards, are playing on him to try to get him to stop <laughs> killing them you know um but nonetheless regardless of which way it is it continues in issue six <laughs> and to be completely honest i am um leaning towards the fact that or, or leaning towards it possibly being a fact in my opinion that uh, the leader that's left not the big baddie leader that oliver killed um, incidentally, that is Vanish that's being choked on the cover of issue six. He's got those Spider-Man lay or spider legs coming out of his back. I don't know if you remember what he looked like uh, from the other covers he was on, but that is the guy that Oliver killed in uh, issue one. And this is a flashback scene, so this isn't something like we found out he's still alive later or anything. This is a flashback. This scene actually takes place in the comic. Uh, on the, the scene on the cover here. This is a flashback. The guy that is choking Vanish there is the leader that's still alive of the henchmen. Um, and like I said, it gives you the impression that he's got some kind of psychological abilities to mess with Oliver's head. Um, and that's that, that, that isn't conclusive. I could be completely wrong. 
because then the story continues as if he's not in the psych ward and he actually says it as he uh, is trying to rescue his wife because before we were in the psych ward, like I said in issue four, where the leader of the henchmen that's alive um, decides they need to start being bad guys to stop Oliver. Uh, they also, I think at the end of issue three, showed the henchman going after Oliver's wife. So this kind of takes us back after issue five, which just takes place in his head, essentially, uh, to where issue six, he's like, okay, I don't care whether this is reality or this isn't, this is in my head. Either way, I'm going to go save Ellie, his wife's name, you know? So in issue six, he basically goes to save his wife. <clears throat> they kind of pull another switcheroo on us a little bit. When he gets to his house, it's completely destroyed inside. There was obviously a big battle that happened in there. He's searching for his wife everywhere and he goes back to their bedroom and she's chilling there with one of the henchmen kind of captured in this magical ball so he can't escape. Um, so basically she was able to kick. She's a wizard too, of course. She's, you know, they met in the wizarding school. So she, she has powers and abilities and she was able to protect herself, of course, and, and uh, kick the butt of this henchman that was sent there to kill her. And she's kind of got him imprisoned. Uh, and then whenever Oliver comes in, he's like, oh my God, thank God you're okay. She gets, she starts reading him the riot act and starts getting bitter about how I've told you to stop doing this a long time ago. Now you've not only put me in at risk, but uh, I think I told this in the other issues too, but his buddy from the wizarding school, Deacon was killed. Um, so she's now mad at Oliver and literally we go through like over half of this book with just him yelling at him or just her yelling at him about how he needs to stop doing this. You know, she, he's put everybody at risk. Deacon's dead and this is all your fault essentially. So, you know, we went from being conflicted as to whether Oliver's a good guy or a bad guy or not to where now Oliver's wife is acting like she hates him. She can't stand him. She wants him to get away from her, and uh, she actually does leave him. Incidentally, it's kind of funny. As they're going through this whole husband-wife argument in the book, uh, this henchman's in the, you know, invisible captive ball uh, right behind them, and he keeps, like, chiming in. <laughs> it's so funny in the argument. He's, like, you know, instigating them the entire time. It's so it's it's pretty funny, entertaining. Um, uh, so, and aside from this flashback scene where we kind of see the origin of the current big baddie leader of the henchmen. Uh, the whole rest of the book, like I said, is just his wife hollering at him. So I don't know how I was, I'm totally confused. I shouldn't say confused. I mean, that's, that's the intent of number five to confuse you and question rea which reality we're experiencing in issue five. And then issue six is basically a lover's quarrel for a majority of it. So, you know, I definitely wouldn't call these must-haves. And I slightly question get it. I'm kind of on the fence here because these are written well. I was having no problem with tracking completely. The art is great. I love all the art in these. Uh, but as far as the, the, you know, the plot of these two issues and the content in general, they weren't for me. Um, I, I, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, it's fine. I feel like we have to go through 
what's happening in issue five and six to kind of appreciate what we're going to get in, you know, the subsequent issues, I'm sure. Um, so I'm, I, I don't look at them negatively. It's just, I don't know whether I really enjoyed myself, <laughs> you know, so, you yeah. know. <clears throat> and this might be where uh, Stegman's writing duties may have been increased um, because of Donny Cates kind of uh, not writing. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, but I mean, it was still good. I'm not. I'm not saying it was yeah, bad. Right, it was still good writing, though. You know, it's just yeah, the things. Well, that now he's kind of. You know, they've got the general story, and now he's fleshing a lot of that out. So, yeah. you know, Ryan Stegman is obviously an amazing artist, and Donnie Cates is an amazing writer. Yeah, but is Ryan Stegman a real? Uh, I don't think he's as strong a writer as Cates. So, um, that's my guess, because mm -hmm. Cates just kind of all of a sudden stopped. So I think everybody was kind of. You know, I just jump into deep in I feel like that's happened before, right? Hmm? Where Donnie checks out. Has, has that happened before? No. As far as I know, this was, it was, it was, the problem was he was writing multiple books. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. And he just stopped pretty much all of them. Nope. The, you're wrong, Mike. That's a good speculation. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. No, yeah, Donnie Cates is well. It says created by, and then it says Ryan Segman story and pencils, and Donnie Cates story. So I don't know. I don't know if that means you're yeah, right yeah. or wrong. But anyway, this is a pretty cool cover too. I'm gonna show this. So that's that's all I got. So uh, I'm on the fence. I, I'd definitely say if you're reading uh, Vanish in general, though, it's it's at least a get it. It's still, it's still good, you know. So at least for the art. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. Let's see my foil. Oh yeah, lockable. <laughs> my boy traded me that, so for the for the regular A cover. So anyway, check it out. I mean, or continue to check it out. You should definitely continue to check it out at the least. It's still good. It might not be a good starting point. I mean, this is kind of the you know consensus with all of them when they're in this story arc, right? I mean, anyway. Yeah. So that'll do it for me. All right, Patrick, I'm assuming from your tease, we might not be in for in store for some quality stuff. <laughs> I could be misreading that. I don't know. We'll see, right? We'll see. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of a slow week. Uh, there's not much going on. Uh, we're in fact we have to dip our toes back into uh, items from the past to touch base on. First up, we're gonna touch in with the touch base with the Haslab. Just another update. It's it's really creeping. Um, is this morning it was still you know it's ten thousand six hundred some backers. So there hasn't been much movement in the last two weeks. And you know I I was thinking about this actually this morning in the shower. I think about toys when I'm in the shower. You know. 
you know, just preparing for the show uh, yeah. that, you know, it's it really, there's not a huge incentive to hit these tier goals. I don't think for this ghost project, because people are happy with just the ship. I think they, they've already had some version of these characters in action figure form before. I don't think they necessarily, although these are nice versions, these are newer, uh, more articulated, uh, more modern versions of these characters. I think they're probably just happy to get the ship. That's the main thrust of this, you know, crowdfunding project. Yeah. Um, the only real, and, and I, I think they even set them up in a way uh, because the only real difference you're going to get is the the mural card back for you know for these characters that you know was the mural for the last episode of rebels and it's i guess it's going to be shown in ahsoka so maybe that's why it's creeping so long people really don't they're not uh it's not gonna be life or death if they hit all these tier goals and get these extra figures they just want the ship which i get it so you put a you put a lot of stock in the fact that the incentives really do affect getting a lot of extra so so if these were figures that weren't pre-solicited in some way that you could get already, you think that would be other people that were possibly on the fence being like, well, not only the only way I can get this, you know, uh, action figure too, is if I buy the goat. So you think it has that much to do with uh, getting the numbers up, huh? I, I think there's got to be something to the fact that they're, it, it's been so slow moving since they hit the target of 8,000. You know, it, it's, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what to think. Yeah, I, I think exclusive figures pull a lot of people in and these aren't as exclusive as some other campaigns yeah. figures have been, you know. What's the math on that? Well, anyway, what'd you say this costs? <laughs> uh, what was it? 500 to 600? Yeah, that's 10,000. What's, what's the math on that, Mike? Just talking about how you failed math with me in high school. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Ten times six hundred. It's like six hundred. No, ten thousand times five hundred. Ten thousand times five hundred. That's crazy. That's five million. Pat, <laughs> did that register with you before? Or Pat's sitting back, like, why are you guys talking about this? This is dumb, you know. No, I'm, sit I'm sitting back trying to see what the actual price was, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a Imagine lot of money. We're, we're talking millions of dollars. Yeah. This this little <laughs> Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, five hundred dollars. yeah, that's five hundred bucks. So that's ten million dollars. Yeah. No, that's five million dollars. Ten thousand times five hundred is five million. Ten thousand. <laughs> what? I'd buy, I'd buy two. What? No, you're right. I, yeah, I know. I'd you you multiplied by two. <laughs> <laughs> all right it's still a buttload of money for a actor for a spaceship that's crazy that's awesome yeah i mean it, i think yeah i i've come to the conclusion where it, it may it, it it may not reach those final figures like zeb at seventeen thousand, but who knows 
could come in at the end. Who knows? Yeah. How much longer is the guy? Uh. <laughs> Sorry, tough questions today. Sorry about it. <laughs> I have the I have the tab. I had the tab up. I was keep going back and forth. There's 18 days, 12 hours left. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Love the updates. Okay. What do you got next? Uh, what I got next is I got to find my good tab again. There we go. We, we talked about this. I picked on it last week, but I didn't have the picture to back up my words. It was the build a figure Hydra Stomper, you know, that can that comes with the uh, Steve Rogers head from the What If show. Yeah, that one looks cool, right? Yeah, he, he looks fine. I mean, they, there's already been a more... Uh, detailed version of the Hydra Stomper in the Marvel Legends line. This is more of an animated what-if look. So it, I, I think they're already sort of, it's, it's already sort of has like some things going against it. But here's the swap out Steve Rogers had put on the body for your enjoyment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were right. <laughs> oh, try again, Karen. <laughs> that looks silly yeah <laughs> hold on oh, I'm, pat so does that helmet go on the head or just you are they just putting the head that would swap out for that head in his hand to make it look like he'd be wearing a helmet yeah i think they're just swap outs i don't think he can actually wear it i could be wrong well you know they, yeah, they show the two look wrong yeah that doesn't look right yeah they show the two different heads, so, well, again, I don't know. I'm just assuming that it's just two different heads, not a helmet. How, how do you think this needed to be remedied, Pat? Do you think this, if they just would have made a, be a bigger Steve Rogers head, it would have been better? I don't know, Kevin. I, it, it's... <laughs> I just, I just don't think it was a good idea. I, I mean, it's probably, you know, go back and look at the what if episode and see yeah. how it looks in there. Maybe, maybe it's spot on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't look right like this. So I agree with you. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it literally so was a little bit jarring when you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's, even if it's like right. in as far as scale to the, to the show, they could have just, faked it and made his head as big as the helmet who cares if if it really doesn't work it looks it looks terrible yeah 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 so anyway see if hasbro can do better with uh, the next offering which we sort of saw these I, I they showed these in the uh dioramas at san diego comic-con but they didn't talk about the product but it, the, the figures were showing up and that's uh, for all your army builders out there. It is a she a female shield and Hydra agent two pack. You nice. Know, it, it comes with you know three extra head three plus two five. I'm doing my math right, and you know, we've proven that we're not math experts. I do math. That looks like five. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you can uh, there you go, Mike. If you want to do some more math and. Uh, you can compute the number of variations we can make with all the swap outs and uh, the two different bodies you could swap around to make all your army builder um but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste my time thinking about that yeah uh pretty, pretty much the same thing here you can just sort of see it's, it's a two-pack it's coming in at fifty dollars you know so 25 bucks a piece kind of that's a small army i'm building yeah. let me just let me just say this i love this 
All right. I just want to say that. I love this. This is the way you do diversity and inclusion and all that stuff. You know, you just cover all your bases, you know, yeah. it's the yeah. way to do it to, you know, yeah. I don't, I, I always am extremely displeased when people want to dismiss other people's opinions, whichever way anybody leans, you know, if the people with the money just want to make as many people happy as they possibly can, this is the kind of thing to do it with. So just, yeah, it's perfect in my opinion. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it. I mean, it's not that exciting, but it does what its job it's supposed to do, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, last week, we showed an Astrobots figure by the name of oh. Hyperion A7. That was last week. Uh, so awesome. Well, it, what happens with the Astrobots line early on is they, it, they, you know, they're trying to. There's a lot of engineering, production design work that goes into these figures. So there's there's a, a like sort of a variant. This is A06. His name is Vulcan. He's, he shares a lot of the same pieces and parts. Um, he is, like we talked about last week with, with uh, Hyperion, he's $120 because he's like an oversized figure. Um, there's a couple of different shots of him here, including... And, and, I, and I, I didn't know this about Hyperion, and I assume... Let me just take another look at him. Yeah, he's the same way. Those lights behind his head are actually LEDs. They light up, so that's kind of cool too. That is cool. so awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Vulcan has Where'd, the same feature, light up feature. Where'd you say we can get these? Um, you definitely Big Bad Toy Store online. I don't know if there's other online retailers that have them. And awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I have seen them show up in previews before. So they're available through Diamond as well, I believe. Uh, a couple of shots with Apollo. <laughs> so you can kind of see how much bigger he is with the extra attachments. So cool. So cool. I'm holding out for these showing up at Ollie's. <laughs> <laughs> is Astrobots number two came out yet? Three's yeah, out I, think, I, think, I think three's out already. I think four is coming out pretty soon yeah. i think four might be four is this week time's flying yep, yep. um you're great yeah they're well done i mean they're well i say they're they look great but i you know i've never seen one in person right. um but they are definitely uh they definitely look cool um, and with the comic uh, they hopefully will seem will catch on a little bit more yeah um yeah. Because, like I said, they had been floating out there as an, as an action figure for a couple of years now. They just needed like a story behind it, I guess. Again, marketing. They need to add a comic book yeah, to yeah. each one of these, and they need to add a coupon to get a discount on these in the comic book. That's there you go. Right. All right. Let's uh, see what Todd has this week. Uh, they showed this Walmart exclusive DC Multiverse Green Lantern Vampire Green Lantern. <sighs> all right i mean yeah if you're into the old deceased thing um yeah but and that 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 flame effects is just too much that's just too much i don't like it it looks like he's got a tiger or lion's mane or something you know 
I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, obviously, this is one pose, you know, but uh, yeah. you got other pictures of this one, Pat? No, that's all they showed so far, I think. Sort of like a first look. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, Todd will make just about anything. Yeah. You know, so they're, uh, they're, I don't know. I don't know how big of a deceased fan base is out there. But, now, uh, I'm tr- now I'm trying to imagine what this would look like if you took the the flame or aura or whatever effects away from his head. Just mm-hmm. what his hair would look like. Like his hair doesn't look horrible with those effects on there. Mm-hmm. But imagine him without the effects on there, what his hair would look like. He'd look like, what's his name from your favorite character, from the dentist guy from the Christmas cartoon that you named yourself after during Christmas time, Pat? What was that guy's name? The Heat Miser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he has that kind of hair. You know, I know it's not the I same. Get, yeah, but, yeah I'm saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Mike's going <laughs> to grab this. <laughs> I'm going to pass on it. Mike will grab it. Uh, Walmart exclusive. Remember, he's Walmart exclusive. So, Gotcha. If you really want him, be on the lookout. And uh, we're going to, you know... <laughs> Stick with McFarland and wrap up this rather uh, abbreviated horizon with uh, some more uh, movie maniacs. And my tease was, you know, are these figures next level? And that's because they are Jumanji, the next level movie maniac. Uh, <laughs> nice job pulling the switcheroo on us, Pat. I totally thought that was a negative. You were just a play on words. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's coincidentally, Mike brought up Jumanji. That is, you guys didn't plan that. That is total coincidence. We did not plan that. Unless he, unless he got that next level reference and subconsciously nope. put it in the back of his brain. I'm not that smart. You saw my math. This looks awesome. <laughs> Those do look great. Um, the only one I show individually here is uh, the Rocks figure. It's mm-hmm. uh, the Braves. <laughs> uh, so... I again, I don't think these movie maniacs have much in the realm of articulation. They look more like statues more than ever yeah. for McFarland figures. Um, and they're also weirdly, I, I should have at least put a second one on there because they, they, the, the addition you can see this figure is 8,500. I believe, uh, the Ruby figure was 5,000. So there, there's different, oh, yeah. you know numbers on each of the figure uh, the only thing the thing i this this was always something that irked me when it came to statues as well i don't need the character's name on the base i know <laughs> that if i am that into the character and i'm gonna buy a collectible of the character i don't need yeah. a nameplate. that's an interesting thought i never thought of it that way pat that's interesting yeah that's true yeah if you're buying it you'd probably know who it is yeah. i already know those are cool. I like that. I do like the backdrop with their picture on it there too. Although it looks like the <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like the picture in the back is a picture of the statue. Don't you think <laughs> why wouldn't they put a picture of their character from the movie? Yeah. 
on the background rather than a picture of the stats you're buying anyway, right? Right, right, Mike. You think I'm crazy there? You you might be right. Well, you might be the, right. The Moss Finbar is different because his hands are. Well, I know, but or, okay. It, oh, I, I know what you're saying. They're yeah, like, they look like this, right? Like paintings or digital. Yeah, they're art. They're not a literal yeah. picture of them from the movie, which I thought right. would be more appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So the base sucks. The characters, are, the figures are great. <laughs> Just take the photo off the back and put a Sharpie through the name and it's perfect. <laughs> they are cool though. That, that, is a, that is a cool, cool set. Not for yeah. Me, but... Are they next level? I don't know. But no. <laughs> That's for you to decide. Sorry, sorry. That's good. Good. I was gonna say I could totally see someone that you know had one of those awesome, you know, movie setup things that you know when they play Jumanji Next Level or watch the Jumanji movies, they have these setting up around the TV. You know how people people with those kind of crazy cool setups have that kind of thing. That'd be cool. Yeah. The studio audience thinks it's really cool that I had that idea. <laughs> You know, the other thing that struck me right before the show, uh, I was out of the shower when I had this thought, just so you know, was <laughs> that the, the why now this movie came out in 2019. Yeah. Why the next level, the sequel, you know, why that too? Um, not that the characters look that much different, I don't believe, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, who, makes, who makes these decisions? Well, you know, there's that there's that middle ground you gotta swim in as far as releasing these as new versus classics. So maybe, and I'm just speculatively answering your question, maybe they consider Jumanji next level a classic since it's four years old now. Kind of like with the movie Maniacs, you know, they put out Michael Myers, they put out you know, Freddie, whatever, you know, this is a classic to maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that... maybe. Yeah. They had to wait. They had to wait before they put them in the movie maniacs line. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Right. I mean, what, yeah, what do you think be. the cutoff is? Yeah. You know, four years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Again, another question for Mr. McFarland. So that's it for this week. Uh, your collectibles on the horizon. Awesome. <laughs> City audience needs a second try every time now. I think. <laughs> Karen says, so many ideas they had to prioritize what would sell first, invest, and then work your way down. Okay. <laughs> Might be that's another uh, possibility, Karen. <laughs> All right. That was good. You know, I think most of what we've done today has been pretty abbreviated, so it kept us under two. We keep shaving an hour off every show. We'll have a 10-minute episode here in a couple weeks. Yeah. I don't I wouldn't know what to do the rest of my day. <laughs> Thank you. That Thank one, you. That one lady was laughing really hard. Did you hear her in there? Yeah. 
But this is a perfect this is a perfect uh, length of episode for multiple reasons today. But before we get into that, let's get into the recap. Mike, we got. Oh, I didn't take notes. Um, I'm probably gonna watch after Yang tonight, at least just to see what it's like. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. I also did not take notes, uh, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. You know, that you, you read that there. Read Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run. It's definitely worth it. Uh, it's over now. Uh, it'll be fondly remembered. They they bring up to that. You know, comparing it to those classic runs in, the, in that letters page, I mean, you know, Mike's mentioned this many times is you wonder if it'll go down as one of the classic storylines. And I think it will. I think it I think it will stand up there with the best of them. That's off to the creative team there. Nice. Well, I never take notes, um, so I'm going to have to say um, never underestimate, you know, once a big actor makes it to the big leagues in the MCU. What they're still doing in the background at the same time with a lower budget, seemingly foreign, kind of hokey, corny movie, uh, see Enter the Warrior's Gate. Mike? Yep. Um, I, I had a thought when you were talking about that where uh, all of the princess's guards were all killed except for one right and the whole reason that he survived is because he was an irresponsible lollygagger no, he, was out of, he was out on business he was out on business you didn't mention that i didn't you just mention said that he wasn't there so i figured now she's being protected by this lollygagger and she gets kidnapped how many times twice yeah terrible and then he trained up the other guy on the beach yeah to be uh like a really good fighter yeah Hmm. Plot holes. Anyway. Yeah, there's definitely some plot holes in this. Do not watch this expecting it to be a finely tuned movie. That's for yeah. sure. All right. I'm gonna recreate this real quick too. All right, Karen's got to chime in real quick. Let me let me recreate this real quick though. I'm not exaggerating. This is the training he went through. He said, he said, imagine a cute girl in front of you or whatever, and he said, hug her. Okay, so it goes like this. And he's like, now stand like that. And he just walked away and he goes, okay, training's over. He, They tried to play like a karate kid, you know, wax on, wax off. It was just a stupid thing. Mm -hmm. That's literally all the training he got. He did this and then you have to flow like water. Everything's like a circle. And he, he picked it up like that, Pat. He was just, he was all over all the baddies after that. It's all it takes. Stand like this. Get it practiced. You're good. I'd be throwing basketballs at you if I saw you like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Karen. What was that? <clears throat> uh, Karen's chiming in the Ak Akron Comic Con. Yeah, we didn't talk about that at all. So uh, I guess it shouldn't be in the recap, but we'll mention it now anyway. Uh, that, yeah, we're going to the Akron. Uh, I have committed myself to go to the Akron Comic Con, which is in, Ac wait, it's not in Akron, Ohio. 
Is that in Cuyahoga Falls, right? Ohio. Uh, November 4th through the 6th. Can't put your hand up. 5th, 5th. At least one member of Comics and Collectibles in the crawl space will be attending that Comic-Con. If you want to hang out for a minute. Got a couple people in the Whatnot show that already uh, said they would, so I can't wait for that. So, Continuing the recap, though. Go, Mike. Um, this isn't a recap either, but we'll be in Baltimore. Well, that's true. The Baltimore Comic-Con. All three of us will be at Baltimore Comic-Con this year. That's going to be fun. See you there. I guess I'll have to wear my Acceler shirt. <laughs> yeah, what dates are those? 8, 9, 10. September 8th through the 10th. Yep. All right, Pat, do you have a recap or something else you want to talk about? <laughs> Hero Con, really. North Carolina. What? Yeah, that's over. We missed it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't have anything this week. I'm sorry. Oh, that's yeah, the ideas for Recover Combat keep coming. You're right, Karen. Ah, Karen, that is a recap. Good recap. Ideas for cover combat keep coming. Yep. Put them in the comments. Yeah. Well, I think that's just her recap of the show. I think we came with two different ideas this this show. So anyway, um, and then uh, check out Blue Beetle. It's a lot of fun. And uh, you know, Mike, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I'll have uh, round four up on the Facebook page in a few hours. Um, and I'll be 7-Eleven in a little bit. <laughs> okay. That's all I got. Pat, you got anything else? No, I don't. All right. Then I've got an, a, kind of an exciting announcement to get into in the closures here. All right. So let's let's just start it out regular though. Uh, so please like and comment on this video as well as subscribe and hit that bell to get notifications. Like Mike said in the comments, um, you know, ideas for cover combat future themes, but then also you can vote for cover combat in the comments here. Now I'll be sure to share them where Mike sees them. That's my job, but you can vote here. So vote either Facebook post or on this video, um, your picks for the cover combat uh, matchups. Uh, please subscribe to Comics and Collectibles in the Crawl Space on Spotify for podcasters or many other podcast providers. And please listen to the edited podcast of this live stream on Spotify that I will post no later than Tuesday. Uh, then follow Exceller Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter. And follow Acceler underscore comics on TikTok and whatnot. And here's my exciting announcement. Watch our shows on the Whatnot app today at 1.30 p.m.-ish Eastern Standard Time. That is my one of the reasons I was saying, Mike, you said you had to kind of make sure you were out of here early enough. You got something going on. I do, too. A Whatnot show today. What? As soon as this is over, I actually have it scheduled right now. If you want to go there and bookmark it, uh, I suggest doing that. Um, not, not only because usually I'm tardy, 
but it could work the opposite way today because we're ending the show a little bit earlier. I was assuming the show would probably go until one. So I'd start at 1.30, but since it's ending at noon, my whole idea in doing a show, a whatnot show after the podcast is kind of, I'm in mode. You know what I mean? So I just want to keep the train moving, right? Because, uh, you know, once once you're kind of in mode, it's easier to just kind of do it rather than me with all the other things I got going on with life trying to make it happen on a Monday night, you know? So my current goal for whatnot shows are one after every podcast, same day, and then also Friday night. There's two people already waiting there for you, Kevin. They are? Nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll be there soon. Uh, But then, yeah, my next one won't be until next Friday night. I think I've got that uh, set up right now at 8 p.m.-ish. But, yeah, make sure you bookmark that one as well. For when I finally get around, I didn't actually get on there until last night at about 10 o'clock. Um, so, you know, but the big exciting news, in my opinion, is that there's going to be one today. As soon as I get done with this show and go get set up, I'll be starting. So be there, be square. Uh, and then also check out what we have to offer on eBay at Acceler underscore comics and on our website, accelercomics.com. Got some things there. Uh, I didn't actually add anything new to the website this week, uh, but I'm definitely going to uh, take care of that next week when I uh, update the website for my part of it. We all are doing a great part, a great job doing our part with updating the website, so make sure you check that out every week. We appreciate it. And then also, you can help support everything we do uh, through Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash Comics. We'd really appreciate it. You know, I, I'm constantly talking about how we're not getting rich on doing this. We try to do this as much for entertaining ourselves and, uh, you know, making our lives better because we enjoy this so much. But we're also trying to do this for y'all to help you be informed and, uh, you know, kind of have a community. So uh, if you want to help us further that along uh, by uh, becoming a subscriber through Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. And then lastly, uh, watch our next live stream on YouTube or Facebook next Saturday, 9.30 a.m.-ish, Eastern Standard Time. I think we all confirmed we're good for next Saturday already, right? Yep. Oh, all right. Karen's not. Karen's not. Oh, Karen, Karen won't be here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll all be here. So the uh, background uh, and studio audience will suck next week, but we'll still be a lot of fun, so still check it out. I appreciate it. Mike, you got anything else? I do not. Pat. No. Nothing else? Okay. Nothing else. All right. Until next time, or until I start the whatnot show and you show up there, don't forget that appreciating great art is awesome. And reading a great story is fun. So why not pick up a comic book and do both? Sell her out. <laughs>